0: Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined by. Tornin.
1: Hello. I am a level four ranger. What else? I am five foot eight, brown hair, and wearing natural clothing.
2: Furious. Hi, I'm Furious Johnson. I'm a Dwarven monk. Uh, I'm standing about four foot seven. I have a rather fetching pair of purple three-quarter length trousers on, and I carry a quarterstaff. And Rolo.
3: Greetings, I'm Rolo Specklebottom, and I am a lightfoot halfling wild sorcerer. I am almost three feet tall and am sporting a jaunty red vest and am accompanied by my companion and Mount Nacho the Capybara.
0: We begin in a bright, white, empty nothingness. As if in a dream, Rollo, Furious, and Tornin are standing in an endless white space. A spectral figure stands before you all. If this white place were physical, you'd estimate it at 30 feet away. The gaseous being raises its arm, pointing a finger at you. No, not a finger, a wand. And this wand is the only thing here that has color. Its brown wood is carved into spirals and at its base a red ruby glints wickedly like an eye. Everybody, please roll a dexterity saving throw.
2: All right. So we got a
0: Oh, um this is a d20. D20? Yes, and then you will add your dexterity saving modifier to it, which should be on your character sheet as your dexterity saving number.
2: I got an 11. I got a 12.
3: Rollo's sitting at a 13.
1: Okay.
0: A red beam of light shoots past you and fizzles into the white space behind you as you all jump out of the way. Do a tuck and roll and then stand up a few feet away. It didn't hit any of you. Everybody, please roll initiative. This is rolling a d20, and then you add your initiative modifier, which is your dexterity
2: modifier to it.
1: I am so glad I'm not rolling these on attack rolls. I got a one. I
2: got... uh, not 20 for me. I got a total of four.
3: And uh, I'm at 12 again.
0: (laughs) Okay. So that means that the natural 20, or furious, goes first.
1: And then that one goes last.
0: Okay, so it's Furious, Rolo, and then Tornin. And then the Spectral Figure. Because we do rounds, so we'll, you'll all get a round, and then we'll go back to the Spectral Figure.
2: Okay. Uh, I got one question, <laughs> yeah. quickly, before mm. we carry on. So um, I've got Dexterity Saving Throws, and then I've got my Dexterity Modifiers, right? My Dex mm-hmm. Modifier is plus three. My Dex Saving Throw is plus five.
0: Yes, you're proficient in Dexterity yeah. Saving Throws, because your class is... The monk. Exactly, a very gotcha. dexterous and agile class. You get, you spend your days punching and ducking and dodging. Yep, so you yep, get yep. your proficiency bonus to your dexterity saving throw. All right.
2: Gotcha. Cool.
0: Okay, so furious, you are thirty feet from this spectral figure who probably just attacked you. I doubt that was friendly. <laughs> so, how do you react? You're up first.
2: Um, well, I'm I'm pretty upset by the fact that he's just started some completely unnecessary violence on this. So. I am furious Johnson. My 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 reaction is I'm going to get him. So, uh attack, attack, attack.
0: Okay. On your turn, you've got movement, attack, yep. and bonus action. So you're probably going to How much is your movement?
2: 35 movement. So I'm going to get into melee range.
0: Excellent. Yes.
2: And then I'm going to smack him seven ways from Sunday.
0: <laughs> okay. Make an attack roll.
2: Mm, so that's a 6.
0: It was a six on the dice. You add your attack roll modifier to it.
2: Gotcha. So it's plus five. So I'm on 11. 11. Okay. Punch that ghost. (laughs) Got a funny feeling.
0: With an attack to hit of 11, you miss the spectral figure. Ah. It weaves and your fist does not make contact, even with the smoke of its form.
2: Let's
1: hope this isn't a ghost. I mean... (laughs)
2: yeah i'm not i'm not even sure if i did connect if it would actually connect so um uh we are going to so i've got a i've got a a bonus action Uh yep and uh i'll do a dodge for a bonus action because i don't really fancy getting hit by his thing so i'm just going to sit back wait and see if he comes at me next time i don't think dodge is a bonus action
0: dodge is a full action but he is a monk which means that you can
2: oh
3: well that's just too cool yeah yeah
0: Patient defense, you can spend one key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action on your turn instead of a full action.
2: Look at that. Let's do it. Let's spend a key point. That was what I was thinking.
0: Okay, so go ahead and write down that at level four you have four key points. So by using patient defense, you now only have three left.
2: I now only have three. Yep, marked.
0: Good. Great turn as a monk. Now by dodging, everybody knows that until the start of Furious's next turn, any attack roll made against Furious has disadvantage if they can see the attacker. And they make dexterity saving throws with advantage. So that was a very good choice because now if that spectral figure attacks him and not the party, he's protecting you and unlikely to be hit himself. And you're less likely to be hit by this uh, red beam thing. <laughs> good choice.
2: Yep, that, that sounded nasty. Didn't yeah. touch
0: Up next in the initiative is Rolo. Rolo Specklebottom, our wild magic sorcerer. You're 30 feet away from the spectral figure. What do you do?
3: Well, I enjoy thoroughly being 30 feet away from the spectral figure and um seeing it dodge furious is furious fists. I'm going to um cast mage armor on myself. Mhm. And up my uh up my AC.
0: Sounds great. What did your AC increase to? Uh,
3: so right now um it's going to be 13 plus my dex, so I'm up to 15. Nice. So I like to cat. I like to think that I have like a beautiful set of mage armor that glows, and it's going to glow blue today.
0: Oh, cool! I was just watching Jujutsu Kaisen, and they have this like blue Dragon Ball Z aura around them, and that's totally what I'm picturing. It's like wind that's shining with blue light all around in the shape of your body. That's cool.
3: I can. I'll take it. I'll take it. You can make me ro- roll on the wild magic table now. Because oh. that is a level one spell.
0: Oh, it's a level one spell. Okay, so go ahead and roll on that wild magic table, and I'll explain to the listeners that the wild magic table is because, unlike wizards who train and study for their magic, our friend Rolo has spontaneously acquired their magic. And like people new to things, um, sometimes it doesn't work exactly how he intended. <laughs> You're still learning.
3: <laughs> I rolled a four, so I am safe. Okay. Because... Right, because you roll, and if you roll a one, then you roll on the table.
0: I think that's true. But you know sorcerer rules better than I do, so. Yeah. Yeah, all right. And that means you don't explode. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> There's a small chance that something bad can happen on the wild magic table, everybody. It can be instant death sorcerer, sorcerer, so it's it's better when they don't roll on it.
3: Most of them are fun.
0: Most of them are fun. Like, you can turn blue... You can have music play around you for like a minute or two. All of
3: your hair can fall out and then grow back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. All right. Next up, Tornin the Ranger. You are 30 feet away from this spectral figure. Your friend next to you is glowing with a blue magical armor. What do you do?
1: I'm going to shoot this thing. (laughs) It sounds prudent. I'm guessing a 13 doesn't hit this thing, right?
0: It does not. What happens is that You raise your bow and arrow You draw the arrow back You release the string and it flies through the air And because Furious is up there punching and ducking And dodging The spectral figure dips its head just a little bit And its form lowering by that Two inches means that the arrow whooshes past it Missing Is that the end of your turn? Yes it is Okay At the end of Tornin's turn The spectral figure gets a chance to act they're going to randomly target one of you guys. So I'm rolling a d6 and I'm assigning one to two is Furious, three to four is Tornin and five to six is Rolo. That's a six. So Rolo, please make a dexterity saving throw.
3: So I'll make my dex safe and I will roll very poorly or a seven.
0: Oh, with a seven, the red beam of light firing from the wand smacks into your chest And erupts with... uh, Now, um, I I apologize very much, but I'm going to have to roll a dice now. Yeah. All right, so um, please roll a d6. Two. (laughs) As the red beam of light hits you, Your armor that was so hard around your form sinks into your skin and your skin starts to harden. It starts to become thick and leathery and segmented scales. Your form shrinks and you convulse and shrink and shrink and twitch until lying on the ground in the place of Rolo is a scaled armadillo. Oh no! (laughs) I've been dilloed! (laughs) Furious... You were standing next to the spectral figure as it made this attack. So you watched as it raised its hand and shot out a beam of red light from its wand and turned your friend, your fire breathing kittens guild member into an armadillo. How do you react?
2: Um, wow. This is, this is pretty deep end stuff. My God. Um, wh- well, a have never seen an armadillo before. So I stand in shock and awe and I say, what, 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 what even is that? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> And then, well, I mean, guys, guys, can we can we can we can we talk to this thing? I mean, can we try and work out what's going on some way here? It feels to me like this is a little bit um, mysterious and weird. <laughs> and I don't, and I think just just swinging and missing at it for the next eternity potentially, while we all become armadillos, is probably not the best the best outcome for everybody. What um, what 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 do we do? Do we have time to have a have a quick like talk? About things, I mean, Rolo can't really say much. He's an armadillo, but I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I don't know, Tornan.
3: Which is what an armadillo says.
1: Rolo the armadillo.
2: <laughs> hey, we could have a new guy. I mean, I've always wanted like a little familiar or a little pet buddy. Maybe you can just leave him as he is and um, take him with me. But yeah, Tornan, Tornan. I mean, come on, you're the, you're the old hand at this stuff. What, what, what should we be doing in this situation? Do we keep on fighting?
1: Yeah, I think we do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, let's go again then. Attack, attack, attack. Uh, So it's uh, standard attack again. Um, I get a a 17. I hit a 17 this time. It's got to connect, surely.
0: So as 17 hits, your fist collides into the spectral form and then keeps going. You find that... (laughs) With a whooshing sound, the smoke swirls around your hand, and not expecting this, um, I want you to make a dexterity saving throw, because all of your weight <sighs> was thrown into that
2: fist. It was, it was. I went for it. Um, that is a nat-, nat 20 plus 5. I'm in 25.
0: Your back muscles are so strong that you write yourself. Like, you can do a backflip. Of course you can write yourself if, if you find yourself on your tiptoes. Okay, go ahead and do your second attack as a monk. Martial arts, right? Uh, can... So
2: this is a...
0: Um... Or, or you can do whatever you want with your bonus action. Sorry.
2: We'll do, we'll do a flurry of blows on this one, so we'll use another key point. Nice. And um, that means I get to do two unarmed strikes. hmm Yep. So we have one roll, which is uh, 17 plus 5, 22. And another one, which is a uh, uh, 3 plus 5, so an 8.
0: Okay. Both of them miss, but in different ways. One dissipating smoke and the other just missing the form entirely. You find yourself standing there, flabbergasted, because if a monk can't hit a thing with their punches, what can they do?
2: What, what can I do? <laughs> no, I am, I am. my, my, my flabber is gasted. <laughs> right.
0: Is that the end of your turn?
2: That is the end of my turn.
0: Okay, Tornin, it's your turn. The person next to you is now an armadillo
3: i don't get a turn to make armadillo things happen i could roll in a ball and try (laughs) to roll attack i mean i feel like that's a perfectly fine action i'll make an attack roll on that
0: yes rollo rolls into a ball and rolls at the armadillo and the rollo roll attack is unsuccessful because you pass right through its spectral form
3: oh that's too bad oh
0: but i do like your little armadillo guts you're moxie i'm plucky with your little armadillo claws normally designed for digging through dirt and eating termites, you attempt to attack the spectral form.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting the spe- I'm shooting the spectral form Does a 15 hit?:
0: Well, yes and no, because the arrow, again, it makes contact with the space where the spectral form is, but then whooshes straight past it.:
2: Definitely spotting a theme here.
0: It lifts its wand, assuming that's the end of your turn. Is that the end of your turn?
2: I have nothing else I can do, yes.
0: The smoky hand raises the wand with its spiraling wood. And I'm gonna... This is a 50-50 on the remaining Mm -hmm. people. Okay. Furious. Please make a dexterity saving throw. Nine. (laughs) The red beam of light fires from the wand, hitting... (laughs) Now, um furious, please make a roll a D6 and tell me what number you get.
2: D6 We have six
0: <laughs> So how would you describe yourself as looking normally furious?
2: No, normally, um, I'm a—I I'm a, mean, I'm a monk. Um, about four foot seven tall. He's pretty ripped, I gotta say. You know, he's been—he's been training for a lot of years at the monastery. There wasn't a lot to do, and it was all about physical fitness. So you know, he's—he's he, he's pretty hench. But at the same time, he does like his food. So he's got a—he's got of a, a bit of a bit of a belly going on, a bit of a pot belly thing going on there. But um, you know, yeah, that's—that's that's what Furious Johnson looks like. Why? That's-
0: that's what furious johnson looked like
2: looked looked
0: because as the red beam of light hits you you find yourself shrinking down and down and down your head becomes a functional cap and your (laughs) your (laughs) arms rest on your hips as handles as you become a syrup bottle
2: um do i still have the means to communicate with people
0: no. In fact, you're not really sure what's going on. You're not aware of anything because you're a syrup bottle.
2: I'm a syrup bottle.
0: <laughs> you're you're about 75% full of syrup.
2: I mean, at least I'm tasty. <laughs> are you real syrup or are you the fake stuff that they sell in the grocery store? No, I am I am definitely the real Canadian syrup taken straight from a maple tree. I'm as natural no, as you possibly want. Me.
0: <laughs> Both are good. Yeah. Alright, now, <laughs> the spectral form turns and looks at Tornin. Tornin, it's your turn. Probably your last turn. What do you do?
1: Okay. I'm going to grab the armadillo and the bottle of syrup and try to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs>
0: The elf turns and runs, armadillo clutched beneath one arm and syrup bottle held in his other hand He sprints as far as he can in the whiteness, dodging red beam after red beam until finally one hits And let's just see what you turned into, Tornin. Roll a d6 (laughs) It strikes him in the middle of his back and his arms fly up, the armadillo flying through the air And the syrup (sighs) bottle rotating end over end as he becomes Five a frying pan. <laughs> the frying pan, pan clatters on the whiteness <laughs> with a heavy metal sound. And the armadillo probably sniffs the syrup bottle in the frying pan, I assume, yeah.
2: Were you yes. eating breakfast when you wrote the adventure?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Has anybody had maple fried armadillo? I mean, <laughs> sounds, sounds sounds quite tasty. <laughs>
0: The white gets brighter and brighter and at the same time fades from view. Everyone open your eyes. You're in bed in the morning before starting your day like normal by heading to the Fire Breathing Kittens hall to check the job flyer's board. Where do you wake up?
1: I'm in a tree in the park, like usual.
2: Uh, I'm in a hammock um, in, a, in a little copse of woods somewhere outside near the park.
3: Uh, also sleeping outside, um, just snuggled up with uh, Nacho. Well, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna to go to the fire-breathing kittens' hall. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna go find somewhere that sells pancakes. All of a sudden, my character <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've got a got a hankering for bacon and syrup pancakes. I think I think I, I I'm I'm gonna wake up and head and try and find myself a little pancake shop too. And I probably I'm probably, <laughs> probably gonna to meet Tornan tell Torn outside, and we're both gonna look at each other and and say and say, you two, <laughs> really. Yeah, I wonder if they sell armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
3: Yeah, I'll have pancakes. I could eat.
0: You all have a large stack of pancakes at the Taste Like Crepe restaurant. And oh, wow. then what do you do?
2: <laughs> all right, I'm heading for the guild hall.
3: <laughs> yeah, I ride Nacho over to the guild hall.
2: Yep, yeah, same. I I follow these two guys. We're going to head over to the guild hall. Um we're still still looking quite questioning at each other as if no one's really sure what just happened or or what went on.
3: I had the weirdest dream last night, guys, about breakfast and ghosts. It was very Scooby-Doo, but it, I, it was all right.
1: Did we ha- Did was it about getting turned into a fry uh do let's see. You were the armadillo and you were the
2: syrup right? And you were a frying pan, from what I remember. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there. Oh. Hmm. I mean, I wasn't going to mention it. I just thought it was too weird to bother, bother picking up. But uh, yeah, this, this is this is strange, surely. I've never had that before.
3: <laughs> I haven't shared a dream with someone in a while. It's been a hot minute.
2: Okay.
0: You are all in the fire-breathing kitten's guild hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. The door to the building swings open. Silhouetted by the dazzling outdoor sun, two figures step inside. Insight check?
2: Uh, Insight check, right.
0: This is when you add a d20 and you add the modifier from your insight skill.
2: Yep, yeah, okay, got a, uh, I've a... I got a nine total. Ah, uh-huh. Beat that, natural one.
1: <laughs> that is a... Oh, ugly twenty.
0: Okay. <laughs> Tornin, you think these are cops. You're not sure what, you just, you know, you know that, like, hair on the back of your neck, you're like, mm, those are cops. The two men, one old, one young... Walk up to the bar, but don't sit down on a stool. They remain standing in front. The young one leans in and says something quietly to Nusi, the bartender. She sets down the cloth she had been wiping the bar down with and walks upstairs. The two men pull out chairs and sit at a table. They are dressed in black, and now that you're paying attention and they're not silhouetted by the light, they have a badge on their upper left chest and both are wearing what looks like a miniature baseball bat on their belt.
1: Aren't you guys in the wrong place? I mean, the donut shop is down the street from here, right?
3: <laughs> hey, Tornin, <laughs> can you just hold this bag for me, real quick? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs>
3: it's just just my stuff. Uh, I wanna. <laughs> it's getting heavy, and you're like so strong. Would you mind, just real quick? And, and And I just hand him like a, a nondescript sort of paper bag that's been crumpled up many times.
0: <laughs> okay. do you take it, Turnin? Uh.
3: Thanks, man. You're just so strong. I knew that you were the right guy to ask about this. Thank you. And I like wink, wink at him and And you've got so many pockets. Oh, so many pockets? <laughs> all the pockets when i think of someone who's gonna hold my bag that i'm gonna feel safe with it's a ranger and look and an elf and look at you you're you're both let's do it thanks man
1: slide a hand check
0: (laughs) he's like checking inside it
1: (laughs) no when he's not paying attention make a perception check
3: no me all right yeah (laughs) Mm, 11 not so hot
1: Yeah, you don't notice my character sticking the bag back into your pocket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, well let's just hope neither of you get frisked today.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, you said something about a donut shop. Hmm, how do the cops react? The younger one is going to snort and smile, and the older one is going to look exasperated. It's all about how many times they've heard this joke. it's still amusing to the younger one. You can tell he's a bit fresher. (laughs) Noosey returns from the upper level with Nulisag, the elderly dwarf leader of the fire-breathing kittens. She pulls out a chair for him across from the two men, which he climbs up into and stands upon. He's a one foot, maybe two foot tall dwarf to see over the table and then makes room for herself too. Perception check. Let's see who overhears their conversation.
2: Uh, Eleven for me. Fifteen here. Uh, Perception is a
1: seventeen.
0: Tornin, you are the only one who overhears case, job, and burglary. What do you do?
1: Hmm, I'm going to listen in harder.
0: That's what you hear.
1: Okay, I'm going to move in a little closer.
0: You hear those words.
1: Case, job, and burglary. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I re- repeat the words to the other rest of the group. Sounds like they might be having a a job posting for a burglary, I think.
2: Sounds interesting to me. We should just uh, sit tight and see what happens, see if they go and pop some on the board.
3: Maybe I was wrong about police, because I thought that they would not want to have a job for burglary, but, I mean, if they're down for it, I'll give it to try.
1: <laughs> not what I meant.
2: May have misjudged the cops <laughs> in this area. I don't know. Nah, this is what happens when you airwig. You miss the point of things.
3: All right, I'm going to go over to the... I'm going to mosey over to the job board and just see what's there. What What do we got on here, on the cork board today? What's on the cork?
0: It's empty. There are no job flyers on the board.
1: If they're talking to Nula Sag about a job, he won't, he'll have to post it first.
2: Or can we just... Should we just, should we just rock on up to them and say, hey... My, yeah, might, yes. have overheard, might have overheard the word job. I definitely didn't hear anything about a burglary or a case, but I uh, heard the word job. And uh, we three are sat here. What, ready, ready, willing, able. You got a job for us? Yeah, we'll do it.
0: Are you saying that in character, Furious?
2: Yes, yes.
0: All right. Furious, the monk, stands next to the table, eager to take on any job. He steps up right as Nulasag is reaching his tiny hand across the table. The older man reaches across two, and they shake. The elderly dwarf looks up at Furious, and says, Perfect! He's got a really high-pitched voice. I've got just the adventurers for the job! (laughs) He climbs down from the chair, and gestures for you to sit down and talk to these police officers. Noosey returns behind the bar and picks up her cleaning cloth again. Nulisag gestures for Rolo and Tornin to also sit down with the the cops.
1: Tornan sits down. All right, i
3: I'll
2: go over. I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'll go over. Yeah, you're going to keep your distance a little bit, just in case they, you know, pick up some some arom- aromas. That are- I, like, <laughs>
3: casually <laughs> sniff myself <laughs> just to see where I'm at. Uh, feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah, I'm going to mosey over, act casual. Sure.
2: Uh, so, yeah, so Furious slides into the, the bench opposite the, the policeman and says... Go ahead and tell us all about it.
0: With you three sitting down, the older police officer who has like a growly voice, so let's see how well I can do this. It's case number 1000 of the year, so you know what that means. An interdepartmental operation case. And then the younger one has like a younger voice, so again, I'm terrible at voice acting, but I'm going to try. It's meant to foster interconnectivity and increase cooperation between police detectives and guilds. Each guild gets 300 gold when the case is solved.
2: Right. So what are we saying here? You, are you guys hiring yourselves three three wannabe criminals to go and do an act so you can just catch us? Is this is this what's going on?
3: He doesn't speak for us when he calls us wannabe criminals.
2: <laughs> That's his own thing. <laughs> Nothing wannabe about me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm innocent, me. I've never, never committed a crime, at least not knowingly.
0: Uh, Tornin, what do you say? <laughs> These two are trying to get themselves arrested. Do you accept the job? <laughs> sure,
1: I'm interested.
0: Okay. <laughs> the older officer reaches out a hand and shakes Tornin's hand, and says, "I'm Joel Joel Ritter, and this is Pliny Jordan."
1: Tornin, it's
0: good to meet you, Tornin. He lifts a box that you have not paid attention to from the floor and lifts it up and sets it down heavily upon the table. Here are communication stones assigned to the guilds for this mission. The past middle-aged police officer hands you a wooden box, sliding it across the table. Thank you. Do you open it?
1: Sure, why not?
0: Inside the box are dividers. Four columns, three rows, and in each divider, a communication stone. Joel, the past middle-aged cop, growls at you and says, Go collect your cooperation partners, the Moody Booksellers Guild, and share these communication stones with them. Tell them the crime scene address is 145 Yamaska Street. Interdepartmental cooperativity, yeah? We solve this case together. Go get the Moody Booksellers and we'll meet you at 145 Yamaska Street. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> the older cop holds his wrist up, jiggling his arm a little to shift the cloth and expose a shiny watch. He checks the time and then says, Come on, Polini, we've got to get going.
1: Hold on one second, officer. I grab a piece of paper and I write out a quick note. Uh, it hands it to him. It tells him to check this guy's back pocket.
0: <laughs> huh okay um i'd like to give you the opposite of so like in D D, there's a thing where like you get an inspiration point where you have to roll like
1: oh, twice okay. you, you get
0: to roll twice <laughs> um i'd like to give you the opposite of inspiration um for he betraying set, your teammate he
1: tried to set me up with something i'm not gonna <laughs>
0: okay well the next time you roll roll with disadvantage
1: all right. He tried to set me up with, I don't know what was in that bag, but I don't think I probably wanted to know what was in that bag. So. And now
0: I'm going to tell you guys a story from real life. There was this one time that I was at a wedding in a courthouse, and I know a person who brought a certain illegal substance into the wedding because he forgot it was in his pocket. And the thing about going into courthouses is that you've got to empty your pockets and step through like the metal detector. So the expression on that cop's face as he looked at this person who was in line in front of me going through, and and he was like, you're here for a wedding? And the person I know was like, yeah. And then the cop said, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Enjoy the wedding, but seriously, come on.
3: Oh,
1: Real life story, watched it
0: happen myself.
3: That's
1: good.
0: And that's the look on this cop's face as he says,
1: All right, I'll take it, but I'm not about to have someone try to uh, slip me. I don't know what... (laughs) It was just my leftovers? Also... Sorry. Maybe
0: don't try to put contraband on your friends. Also, you roll disadvantage as well. Play nice, okay? (laughs)
2: Sure. Uh, Snitches get stitches, but but Rolo's been a bad man in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) Rolo gets disadvantage
0: on his next roll as well. All right. So come on, guys. We're just here for a wedding. So so that's the look on this cop's face. He. The older cop holds his wrist up, jiggling his arm a little to shift the cloth and expose a shiny watch. He checks the time and then says, Come on, Polanyi, we've got to get going. Everybody do a perception check. This is not the roll that gets disadvantage.
1: 14. Ugly 20. 10.
0: 10 was the minimum for this. All three of you are very admiring... Of the watch, you really like that watch. It looks shiny. Mm.
2: Right, so we've got to get to the Moody Booksellers Guild. By all accounts, in Yamaska Street, is that our action?
3: <laughs> I don't think that's where they are. Uh, is that where they're going. Uh, no, that, I think that's where the crime scene is. Is on Yamaska Street.
1: We're supposed but, to tell them to go to one four five Yamaska Street. We had to tell that we had to go to the Moody Booksellers.
2: Right. And tell them to go to Yamaska Street. We have
3: to give them the walkie talkies.
2: And this seems like a pretty easy this seems like a pretty easy task. We've just got to yeah, deliver the communication stones, right? Yeah. We can do that. Simple as that. The
1: fact that they already know where the crime is going to take place is
2: <laughs> rather confusing, but um <laughs> I got a sense we might be getting set up here a little bit, but let's let's just let's just roll with it and uh Roll with the punches and see where we get.
0: You guys know that that's where the crime happened, right? That you're solving a case?
2: Uh, I see. I think we
3: might have missed that. Well, that puts a different spin on things. <laughs> I thought we were committing a crime for the police. I was yeah. really lost for a minute there. I, I, I thought I... the police wanted us to murder someone, and I was like, well, all right.
0: No, <laughs> you're solving a burglary
2: uh i thought we would do, i thought I, th- I was on i'm on board with rollo here i thought i didn't think we were doing a murder but i thought it was a burglary i thought the police wanted us to burgle something and then they could like practice catching us and that was like one of their training things for their 1000 000- i agreed
3: i was a little you know I was it, instructions unclear robbed a
2: house yeah. i was all up for stealing something i was i was i was committed but it's okay it's okay it's okay we can we can deliver these communication stones and then we can uh see where we go from there
3: there may be burgling opportunities along the way now, I'm, now it's like it's happened and i want to do it now like we were talking about
2: it i got all geared up i'm not above a burgle my fingers are crossed for for future burglary potentials definitely but let's go let's go let's head off to let's head off to the moody bookseller guild and uh let's let's deliver these stones yeah
3: On the way out of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall, I cast Mage Hand and bring a beer with me.
0: Cool. You have a beer.
1: Okay.
3: All
0: right, so you're all heading to the Moody Booksellers?
3: Yeah. Yep. Do we know where that is?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have a big sign outside their building. If you go past it, you can't help but see it. And they're local, so as residents of Nikimui, you've been past it many times. You arrive there without any difficulty. All right. Who's carrying the communication stones, and have you divvied them up? What's going on with them?
2: Did anyone pick them up? I didn't.
3: I put them in uh, in Nacho's saddlebag, so I've got the whole
1: box. They're just still in the box. Split up, split, split, split up, guys.
2: How many were there again? Did it say three Three rows of four?
3: Four columns, three across.
2: So 12 of them. Oh, 12. Cool. <laughs> Four each. No one said there would be math. I don't have many pockets. <laughs> these these trousers I'm wearing are quite tight, so I can probably carry one in each hand. And maybe the rest of you guys should split the the other the other the other five up each.
1: I think we should only take one. I think we should have one of them each because uh, we will we'll probably need them for other people.
3: Do they have like a belt clip or anything? Yes. Or belt clips. Okay, well, I take one and I clip it on, and then I take another
2: one and I clip it on Nacho's saddle so that we can call him if we need him. We don't want to lose Nacho, do we? So that's four. We've got we've we've used four. We've got one each clipped to our belts. One's on Nacho, and that leaves that. that, I mean, there's eight left. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect.
3: I test mine out.
0: Uh, walkie-talkie sound.
3: Breaker, breaker, one, nine, check, jack, double, jack, give me a comeback, good buddy.
0: (laughs) The dispatcher goes, loud and clear. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to sound on the podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry if I (laughs) break your ears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they say over.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, they seem like they work. Yep.
0: You arrive at the Moody Booksellers. The Moody Booksellers don't only have a guild hall. They also have a guild hall plus a bookstore. The front wooden doors are welcoming, with open hours painted on them.
1: I'd hope they'd have a bookstore. I mean, they're called the Moody Booksellers, so. <laughs>
2: if they're not selling books, what are they doing? That's what I want to know. But they are selling books, so it's all okay. Me.
3: I, uh, I I casually look around at the selection of books.
0: Oh, you're currently standing outside the doors. They have open hours painted on them.
3: Oh. I go in the door.
0: (laughs) Yes, okay.
3: I go in the door, and then I peruse the books.
0: Yeah. Rolo is first through, so you see. Inside, tall windows high overhead illuminate shafts of light in the dusty air. Walls and rows and shelves of books are lit by fireplaces and lanterns. It's cozy and well-decorated. Right in front of you in the front walkway before you can get to the books. In the entranceway next to the checkout desk, sort of like making the line, you know, so that people can check out that divider, stands a person-height vase. You look up and up at the top of it, and rather than a plant emerging from the top, there's a bit of a bowl shape to the top, and curled at the top of the vase is a cranky-looking elderly cat.
2: Hello, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big fan of cats.
3: This is more concerning for me as someone who's two eleven.
0: Oh, it's yeah, a he's... five foot tall vase, so you could probably reach the cat on your tiptoes. Maybe four <laughs> feet. Yeah.
3: I meant, I meant the cat is a scary thing when you're only two and a half feet tall. A cat is pretty big. Oh, <laughs> it's not much smaller
1: than you are.
2: Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near it. I'll leave. I'll leave. Uh, I'll, leave uh, I'll leave you guys to to interact with that cat. In fact, I think I'm allergic to them. They made me come out in a rash. Not good, it's not good.
1: I'm going to reach out towards the kitty cat.
0: Make an animal handling check. With uh, disadvantage no yes. because of your roll earlier.
1: <laughs> well, dang. That's a nine.
0: Okay, that's pretty close to the middle, so it doesn't, like, scratch you or anything, but it is still asleep. It's so old and so cranky that, like, when you pet it, it flicks an ear and then just keeps laying there. <laughs>
2: I mean, is that is that the only living thing in this place or is there is there no. some other people around somewhere?
0: Uh Furious walks past the cat, and the cat meows sleepily at him, unreacting, you know, torn and petted it in its state of sleep as he walks past. A woman greets you from behind the checkout desk now that you've moved past the vase you can see her. She says Doesn't she look like she's been here forever?
2: Indeed she does. A lot of these books look like they've been here for an awfully long time as well. Not sure if business is good right now.
0: She chuckles and says, "You know, ancient books can be very valuable."
2: True, yeah. true. I expect you, you don't have to sell many to uh, to have a good day, do you?
0: Exactly. It's
2: a very good point.
0: Yeah, magical. Tones. Is there like a
2: step
3: stool? Ooh. Ooh, go ahead. Is there a step stool I can get on so I can see the cat?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There are rolling step stools that like can lock in place so that you don't die when you stand Roll on them. Roll
1: away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we were sent by the police, where the fire breathing kids, we were sent by the police to uh, bring some equipment for a mission and, uh, and give a location for a, a job for the that we're supposed to be doing together.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, the woman steps out from behind the desk, a clippity-clop sound. Rounding the corner, it is revealed that her bottom half is a horse. This woman is a centaur. She... Oh. Passes the vase on her way to you, and as she strides past the vase, reaches up and pets the cat, whose eyes close appreciatively. She's so cozy already, you can hardly tell this is her first week here. Turning to you, she says, we just wanted the vase, but the seller said the cat came with, or no deal. She's practically attached to it, you know? As if it were her best friend. Um, so you mentioned a job? She holds out a hand. I'm Lorena Sabin with the Moody Booksellers. Nice to meet you. She pets the cat again, and it
2: purrs. Well, nice to meet you too, Lorena. Hi, I'm Rolo.
1: Yeah, we weren't given a whole lot of details, just...
2: It's true, the information we were given was a little bit vague. Um, I'm Furious Johnson, uh, this is Tornan, this is Rolo, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're supposed to be giving you some uh, communication stones. Were you expecting this?
0: Is this the thousandth case of the year or something?
2: This is, this is. How did you know?
0: Oh yeah, well it happens every year, you know.
2: Ah, very good. So yeah, this is apparently the thousands case of the year. So um, um we're 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 all a bit new to this. I think we've never been involved in one of these thousand case situations before, so we're still finding our way.
3: We actually thought that they wanted us to commit a crime for a while, but we've moved past that. We have
0: <laughs> uh do a persuasion check and please do it with disadvantage. Because Ooh you tried to hide contraband on your friend earlier
2: well i, I don't
3: think oh, i'm gonna just, roll lower than a just two. uh yeah just roll no i got a oh. two actually as well
0: okay all right when you make that joke about we thought it was about committing a crime she didn't think you were cooler for saying that and she looks kind of irritated and actually because of that what she says is i see wait here while i inform my other guild members please feel free to browse she gestures towards the volumes on the shelves and says, I'll be right back. The centaur clippity claps into the recesses of the guild hall. So basically you offended her. <laughs> and she's
2: awesome.
0: going to try to uh, go get other people to deal with you. So, <laughs>
2: uh, She seemed a bit hoity-toity to me anyway, Rollo, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it personally. And I
3: was genuinely confused. I think we all kind of were. I'm, I'm moving past. What do we have in the bookstore? Is there anything like current, something fun? Or is this just ancient books?
0: Well, do a perception check and let's see what you can find.
3: All right. 15.
0: That's a very good perception check. So one book catches your eye. It's called 1001 Cursed Objects, an adventurer's guide on what to pick up. It's a thick volume with an attractive Damask hardcover, and it looks new.
3: I, I checked the inside cover, and I want to see how much it is, and if I know who the author is.
0: The inside cover of 1001 Cursed Objects, An Adventurer's Guide on What to Pick Up, explains that um, it's an alphabetical list from A to Z of more than 1,000 cursed objects. Skimming this introduction, it seems that the cursed objects stay with you until you shirk this mortal coil. No matter how much you try to get rid of them, they will return. Um, and out of character, that means occupy your item spot for that item permanently. It costs 300 gold. It's an uncommon item.
3: I immediately and dropped the book it... and put it back where it was. <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. Don't touch things that expensive. Is 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 anybody like looking at us right now? This, you know, going back to the burglary point, I think.
0: Oh, no, you're entirely might... alone because you scared off the desk clerk. <laughs>
2: Well Yeah, except for the cat. Yeah, except for the cat. Had, if only I had some pockets to stash this book in. Yeah. Being uh being only ever semi dressed does have its downsides sometimes. It's a shame because it looked good.
1: I take I glare at the group don't <laughs> Okay Tauran,
3: okay Tauran. I fine. I look very innocently at Tornin and I'm like I, I just hold up my hands and I'm like I, I don't know what you're talking about man.
0: The book with its fresh damask hardcover, cover lays on the ground. It, one of its pages looks bent from where you dropped it.
2: Mm, let's um, uh, which what, should we should we should we take a read of that of the, of the page? I mean is there, is there something interesting in this book that we should be paying attention to?
3: No, I wrecked the book. Oh, you I wrecked re- it. Guys I ruined the book. Uh,
1: How much is the I'm going to
3: just fold that back and put it back on the shelf right where it was and, like, just pat it nicely. Make sure good books stay.
1: How much is the book?
2: Three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more than I've got. That was why I dropped it. <laughs> Shock.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put the, um, whole, the really expensive... Book back onto the uh, onto the shelf and just <laughs> it's
3: like the one time yeah, I make a let's perception not check, not
2: touch that again. Sorry. <laughs> we... Yep. Furious Johnson wanders off at least six aisles down and about four aisles left of where the uh, where that book was sat on the shelf. <laughs>
0: okay,
2: has nothing to do with it at all. All
0: right. Well, I guess now you understand why they sell old books, right? Because each book maintains its value for a long time um it's some interesting information inside of that book that you guys are not collecting
3: they're they're definitely earning their name because they were moody and they are selling books so i feel like (laughs) definitely like i i don't know
2: well it it does sound like an interesting book and if i was the kind of person that was going to be doing a burglary of some sort and I'm, I'm, i'm not saying i am but if i was that kind of person then uh, maybe I might have read that book and, and, and got some ideas of some things to burgle from it. But uh, let's, just, let's just leave it where it is right now and we can always come back to it another time.
0: Is anyone petting the cat? Sure. <laughs> Tornin's petting the cat. Loud hoofbeats announce that Lorena the centaur is returning from the recesses of the moody booksellers. The hoofbeats sound loud and angry. Perception check. T- uh, ten, eleven. Ooh. Tornin's pretty perceptive. Tornin, you hear? Um. Oh, and please let me know at the end of listening to this if you'd like to have repeated it for your friends. Yes or no? Okay. All right. Yeah. He's nodding. Okay. All right. The hoofbeats pause, out of sight, and Tornin hears voices arguing. But I don't want to do a case. I'm busy. Lorena's voice says too loudly for a bookstore. Shh! says someone else. You just passed your 12th level wizarding test. You can handle this, soothes the other person. Loudly, upset, Lorena retorts, Any of us can, so why does it have to be me? It's hard to hear the response, but with your high perception torn in, you pick out a snort and a wisecrack. You were at the front desk when the fire-breathing kittens came in. Sorry, Lore, you drew the short straw this time. Come on, cheer up. It'll be done in no time. You can go back to reading when the case is solved. Lorena harumphs. She is not pleased about having to work on this case. Soft footsteps return the other speaker to the recesses of the guild hall, and aggressively stomped hoof sounds announce that Lorena is returning to where you are. How do you react, Tornin?
1: I don't say anything. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear anything.
0: Okay. Lorena the centaur stomps around the corner of a shelf, returning to the front of the bookstore. She does not stop to pet the cat. The old cat, wise to the ways of the world, senses her mood and does not ask for pets, staying, laying on the vase, eyes closed, but clearly listening, tail swishing back and forth. Lorena stands before you, arms crossed across her chest, visibly irritated.
3: You seem visibly irritated. <laughs> Is everything
0: okay? It's fine. I'll work this case with you. The sooner it's done, the sooner I can go back to reading.
3: We'll make it snappy.
0: So what are the details of the case?
3: We're supposed to go to 145 Yamaska Street. Yeah, the the police folks, they told us to to head over to 145 Yamaska Street. So, uh, And we also have these walkie-talkies, which are really neat.
0: Oh, uh she reaches out her hand for a walkie-talkie now that she knows she's on the case and writes down the address. Do you hand her a walkie-talkie? Yeah. Okay.
1: I apologize for the comments my compatriots made here a minute a few minutes ago. And they did not seem to very very good and you just seemed upset about them. <laughs>
2: furious johnson pokes his head out from like four aisles down the way and says we are all right people honestly we just had a little bit of a misunderstanding about what we were here for but we get it now we get it
0: uh the centaur leans her head and like looks at four aisles over furious and looks at tornin why don't you make a persuasion check tornin with advantage roll because that was the health action by furious
1: that's an 11
0: okay pretty neutral but slightly above average so she squints her eyes and assesses you three and decides that you're probably not criminals but she's never met any fire breathing kittens before so she's like i've heard stories about you guys
3: we're not criminals yet
0: mostly yeah all right hmm well
3: you're gonna love nacho it he's great you're gonna You know, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. We're all going to have a good time. Let's go.
1: Come on.
0: So an 11 was not high enough for you to convince her to work with you. So uh, she says, I'll work this case, but I'm doing it on my own. Investigating my way. I'll get this done in no time. I'm off to the prison to see if the inmates have any ideas for who did this. And then she clippity claps out the door. (laughs) She's heading off to the jail to offer prisoners early release. You know, negotiation if they can speculate at what potential suspects could have done this.
3: <laughs> do we know what the crime is? Did they tell us?
0: Burglary.
3: <laughs> okay, do, yeah. But, like, we kn- that's it. Something was stolen from somewhere sometime. There were no, like, it was a, could have been a loaf of bread. We have no idea. <laughs>
0: Right, you haven't been there yet, so you're not sure what was stolen. Okay, all right. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, I guess we're on our own here, guys, so uh, if...
0: Yeah, you rolled with advantage, but you got an 11, so she's just not going to hang out with you. Sorry.
1: We need to figure out exactly what the crime, the burglary is that we're dealing with, so I'm guessing we probably need to head to the site of the crime. Yep, I'm on board with that.
2: Let's go.
3: Yeah, I'm going to mount up and and start. we're going to roll out.
0: Riding the capybara... Rolo, Furious, well, Rolo riding the capybara, and Furious and tornin head out of the moody booksellers and off to 145 Yamaska Street. I'm sorry that she wouldn't work with you. That was just up to the dice, you know, so.
2: Nope.
0: Okay. Um.
2: I'm not holding it against her. We're pretty weird. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how much use she's going to be anyway. She is half horse.
0: Okay. All right. So 145 Yamaska Street. You're it's not like
3: speciesist, ch- though. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, but it, that's Nacho's got four legs, man.
2: I mean, that's not cool. Don't. No, that's, don't, that's true. That's true. I was, I was being harsh to Nacho <laughs> there. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: He forgives you. He forgives you. <laughs> Good old Nacho.
0: <laughs> One four five Yamaska Street. You're not sure what you were expecting at the crime scene—a spooky, haunted house pool of blood a scary skeleton waiting to jump out at you but defying your expectations 145 Yamaska street just looks normal it's a quiet little house on a quiet little residential avenue if it weren't for the young police officer rolling up the last of a yellow spool of caution tape this would be indistinguishable from any other residence on the street pliny finishes rolling up the caution tape and heads over to you great timing he says We just finished collecting evidence, he says to you cheerfully. Hey, Pliny. Hi, Rolo. Then he frowns and tips his head to peer around you. Where are the moody booksellers, he asks.
1: They decided they're going to deal with this on their own. They were in a mood,
3: (laughs) decided against working with us, so, you know, uh, but you've got us and we're a crack squad of savvy, motivated personnel, so I don't think we need them. We're good.
0: A great start to the Interdepartmental Cooperation Day, Pliny says. <laughs> we, we,
2: did, we, did, we did hand them a uh, one of the communication stones, so if we really, really do need their help, we can probably give them a call and get them involved.
3: Ooh, I'm going to call. I'm going to call her and just let her know that we're there. I think we should keep her. I know she doesn't want to work with us, but let's keep her abreast of what we're doing. So I'm going to over to her and uh, see if I can't raise her up on the walkie.
0: She goes, Larina,
3: Lorena. Uh, it's Rolo and the gang. And we re- we're just over at the at the house where the crime happened. Do you want to meet us here? Because, I mean, I know you said you didn't want to work together, but like, come on.
0: Lorena says, um, oh, I should probably do that before she talks. She goes, "Lorena says, Ch- um, I've got some really good leads here. It turns out some of these prisoners, they can speculate who could have done this. We've got a list of suspects now. Over.
3: We've we've got evidence pliny just picked up. So we're going to go check it out. We'll report back to you in like 15, okay? Over.
0: <laughs> wow, this case is going to be done in no time. I actually like you guys. Good Friday breathing kittens. Over.
1: Do you even know what the crime is that was committed? Burglary.
0: <laughs> Burglary, she says. Over. Ouch. <laughs> all
3: right let's plow in let's go pliny show us to the evidence here
0: buddy oh yeah all right um he again he's super young let me just uh pull it i think he's an elf yeah he's a young half-elf young half-elf and he's like all you know cheerful and he's like all excited about you can tell he hasn't been a cop for very long um (laughs) he's
3: not jaded
0: he's not yet jaded (laughs) and he says this house is a mess. It was reported by the neighbor. She says uh, she usually sees the married couple here every day, and when she didn't see them today, knocked on their door and no one was home and the house was a mess, so she called it in to us. Looks like So the burglar, someone
3: burgled the people?
0: We're not sure yet where they are. All we know <laughs> is it looks like the burglar broke in, ransacked the place, took what was valuable, and left. No sign of what happened to Rikik and Renee Kamakari- who are the married couple, if you guys want to write their names down, Rekik, R-E-K-I-K, and Renee. You can spell that with whatever accents you want on whatever letters. (laughs) I
1: don't know. So, what what was stolen?
0: Oh, well, we already did the sweep, and cataloged a number of valuable items clearly missing, and I also found some evidence, a single strand of hair. We're going to head back to the station, and Joel will process this. You know he he clearly like is excited he holds up this bag labeled evidence in capital letters with one strand of hair looks pretty human, one strand of human looking hair inside
2: what what color's the hair
0: brown
1: okay what color what color hair is the people that lived here brown <sighs> are you sure that's evidence because if the uh, the hair is the same color as the people who lived here. It might be one of their hairs. Yeah,
3: there's probably a lot of evidence in her comb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to go that way. You know, it, we might actually be looking at a two-crime situation because the married couple aren't here. So wouldn't that be a burglary and potentially kidnapping? So uh, why don't you run that down to the lab and we'll look around here, see if we see anything else.
0: Pliny very young, says, all excited, by all means, go right ahead. We're done here ourselves. Uh, We're going to take this to the lab. We'll tell the key holder, you know, the neighbor had a backup key, to come by and lock it back up tomorrow. So you guys take all day. Pliny. Yeah.
1: Do you have a list of the items that were stolen?
0: Oh, yeah. He brings out his notepad and he's like all the valuable things that a medieval home would own. Uh, Their most expensive jewelry, their silverware, The candlestick.
3: (laughs) They're scrying
1: devices. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Interesting.
0: Things that would resell high and are easy to carry off.
1: Any
2: books or uh, things of that nature?
0: Plenty frowns and says, you'll see when you get inside.
2: Well, I guess we should go inside then. That sounds like a trigger. Let's go and have a look. Yeah, let's go in.
0: All right, they go inside. Because this is your first time playing D&D, welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. I'm going to do, uh, we did a little bit of combat, a little bit of role-playing, We guys decided you were criminals, and a little bit of... <laughs> we didn't want to work with the Moody Booksellers. <laughs> and a little bit of um, skill challenges. So, if you go inside the house to investigate, the following happens. A skill challenge is a storytelling scenario where the party as a whole needs to succeed... F- 6 times on ability checks before reaching 3 failures. Mm. On your turn, set up your dilemma yourself, describe how you try to overcome it, then roll a d20 dice and add your ability modifier to find out if you do. If the party gets 6 successes, you pass the skill challenge and achieve a favorable result. If the party gets 3 failures, you fail the skill challenge and something bad will happen. I've got a DC written down here. Each person can only use a skill, for example, athletics, once during the entire skill challenge. The same skill also can't be used by two people in a row. Spellcasters, you can expend a spell slot to gain advantage on your roll if you can justify it with storytelling. Okay, I'm going to use your initiatives from earlier, which is Furious Rolo Tornin, and you guys can, following your initiative, do your skill checks. Skill challenge time. Furious, you're mm. up first.
2: Right. So, I mean, do, what do we see when we've come inside, first of all? What's 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 the scene around us? Do we get that?
0: You understand now what Pliny said when he said, you'll understand when you go inside, because everything is trashed. There's books, like, you know how you dropped a book earlier and it folded a single page? This mm. book has been dropped, stepped on, and twisted. So its pages are, like, ripped. And covered in like, there's like debris on the ground, like it's a mess. You can't step on the floor without also stepping on other things. Shelves have been overturned, chairs have been pulled out from under tables. It's not pleasant in here. It's ransacked.
2: Okay, so in terms of a dilemma that we're facing, I mean, we need to we need to try and clear through some of this stuff and try and find something interesting and relevant, right? Um, so I guess the dilemma there is where do we even start? Now I'm, I'm, I'm saying then I'm going to go, uh, is it just one room? Is there multiple rooms? Is there, what of we're in a house, right?
0: Yeah, it's a house. It looks like it's a two bedroom house with a large living room, a kitchen and a bathroom.
2: Okay. So, um, I'm going to use, uh, so I did. Furious Johnson wants to get over to the other side of the room. So he's going to leave the, these, these guys in this this area and he's going to get across to the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Right. And to do that, he's going to do an acrobatics check because he's going to, like, do a little backflip, somersault kind of ninja issue through the mm-hmm. room and get out the other side.
0: Okay. Roll an acrobatics check and let's see where you land.
2: So I've got a plus, four. Got a plus five on it, but that's to go with a six. So I roll an 11.
0: My goodness, that's a failure already. <laughs> okay. Um, so you try to leap over a pile of collapsed shelving, but under-slash-overestimate its height and your ability to jump. And you land upon... Roll a dice and tell me... Um, so go ahead and roll your d4 and tell me your number out of four. It's a one. Okay. You land on a shoe. <coughs> the, um So... How how do you interact with that shoe
2: first? Um, I um, so it, it's a, it's a, just a shoe set on the floor. So I, I land with my foot like on the shoe, like it's my shoe, and I've just jumped on it. But instead of like putting my foot into the shoe, uh, it just slips, and the shoe goes flying across the other side of the room, and I just land on my ass with a, with a thump.
0: It then boomerangs around from the other side of the room and flies with purpose towards your feet, where it displaces the shoes that you're already wearing like a hungry fiend and puts itself on your feet.
2: Wow. (laughs) What are the chances?
0: Yep.
2: (laughs) There you go. Um,
0: It's a cursed object. You can't unequip it.
2: (laughs) Ah, I see. Uh, If you get it identified
0: later I'll tell you it's stats but you didn't read the cursed object book so uh, you don't know you just know that it is definitely your new pair of shoes
2: guys I, I I have a weird shoe issue right now I'm not quite sure what's going on but I don't think I'm gonna be able to take this thing off so um yeah we've all been there <laughs> we've all been there I, this is this is a first for me I'm not gonna lie
1: I'm looking around I'm gonna do an investigation check to see if i to... See if just stuff on the floor uh, shows anything's missing, anything large. Sure. Ah, seventeen. Oh, um,
0: but actually, after Furious is Rolo, so let's hold on All a right. second and take his turn. Rolo, you get a you get a turn.
3: Okay, so I'm going to um, see if I can figure out how this person walked around. That like this burglar, as he burgled, how he walked around the house, what he did. So I'm going to make a. A survival check to see mm. if I can track him a
0: little Ooh, bit. Yes.
3: We're going to try that and I'm going to roll a 14.
0: Okay. Uh, with a 14, you're, you've got your face down to the ground. So, first off, that's a pass just to relieve the tension. That's a pass. Yay. Ah. Hey. Um, yeah. you, you've got your face down that's to the a... ground and you're trying to like track things, right? Like, how did this person move? Like, is there anything I can see down here and you actually find something unexpected you've collected new information you were expecting one thing but what you've found is um a trail of breadcrumbs on the floor which is surprising you were like i don't expect this to be here but it is it's there all right cracker crumbs trail do you follow it
3: yes i am going to follow it and i alert my companions that uh Hansel and Gretel may have been the burglars in this situation, <laughs> and I'm going to follow the trail and see what I come up with, guys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it, leads right. into,
0: it leads into two directions. One into the kitchen and one further into the living room. Which one do you investigate?
3: Cracker crumbs? I'm going in the kitchen.
0: Okay. You follow the
3: Are they good? <laughs>
0: You sample I mean, I assumed them. I was,
3: like, eating them as I went. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: yeah.
3: Uh, ooh, hum, 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 hum.
0: Crunchy. I'm a halfling. Yeah, crunchy, crispy, um, buttery, you know, got a nice flavor to ooh. it. Mm. You open the cupboards to see where the crackers come from, and uh, the pantry is commendably stocked with plentiful dry goods, including a box of buttercrackers that has, in one corner, been gnawed through by a rodent. Cracker crumbs trail... Through the kitchen and back into the living room. So you found the source. Oh! You can have the whole right, box of buttercrackers if you'd like.
3: I take the box and, <laughs> and just like casually have it under my arm and like munch. And I'm like, guys, I found the crackers. Let's, let's, let's keep going because the trail, the trail goes out. Let's, let's see what else we can find.
0: He follows the trail into the living room. Cracker Crumb's trail to one piece of debris specifically. Three mouse doo-doos and cracker crumbs are right next to a lovely white and blue ceramic teapot.
1: Okay.
3: Uh Uh-oh. Uh, uh, do I notice anything special about the teapot?
0: It looks like there's cracker crumbs and mouse doo-doo right outside that teapot, and the cracker crumbs don't go further. They go right to that.
3: I toe it. Like, I touch it with my toe. Squeak! Oh. Okay, I open up... (laughs) the teapot, and I look inside the teapot.
0: <laughs> you lift the teapot lid and find an adorable mouse inside. It squeaks and cowers inside the ceramic ware, hiding its head behind a cracker.
1: What is this, oh, Alice well. in Wonderland? <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did it get in the teapot? That's what I want to know. Did it close the lid behind it? The spout. Oh, the, down the spout. I see. Yeah, okay. That, fine. Fun. Logical. cool.
3: I uh, I tip the mouse out into my hand and I'm like, that's okay, buddy. I'm a mouse friend, rodent friend, capybara outside. Probably <laughs> smells him on me.
0: Yeah, the scent of the capybara soothes the mouse and it stays in your hand, not jumping out. So that was cool. a pass and that was your turn on the skill challenge. Good job, you found a mouse.
1: Right now I know, <laughs> I wish I had taken speak with the animals. Um...
0: Torn in, it's your turn.
1: I'm going to do the investigation to see if any large objects are missing from the dust on the floor.
0: Investigation. You nimbly push aside a pile of collapsed shelving, which is a very large object. It's more than five feet tall, and there's like it's hard to see past it. So you push it aside, and you discover, underneath... What was your number when you rolled your investigation? 17. 17. So that's a pass. Okay, roll a d4 for me. Three. As you push aside the shelf and, I guess, stepped forward, you stepped upon a snow-white metal band that kind of like end over end tumbles against gravity up your body and occupies your finger. You've acquired a cursed ring. Congratulations, you got an object.
2: <laughs> Pretty happy with my mouse. Yeah, I think you got the best end of this equation for definite. It could a be a cursed mouse. mouse. It could be a cursed <laughs> mouse, and he might, he might bite you. He might be rabid, who knows. Um, <laughs> I've just got a pair of stinky shoes. I mean, a ring is quite a nice little ring. I mean, a bit of jewelry no problem.
0: As long as you don't want any other ring, ever.
2: <laughs> ah is that is that it now we oh so i can't wear i can never ever wear any other shoes ever again i'm stuck with these on my feet is that how it works
0: can you guys think about that and make some assumptions
2: well i mean i'm 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 imagining that at some point i must be able to take these shoes off my feet i mean they're going to wear down to a certain degree at some point surely
0: do you remember from the book when a cursed item is no longer bound oh
3: I do when you're
2: dead. (gasps) What? I don't want to die. I'm so young. I'm so beautiful. I I belong to this world.
3: It's not that you're going to die because of the shoes. It's just that you're going to wear the shoes until you die, which Mm. could be of natural causes. Same with the ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then that leads me to believe... That perhaps the folks who lived in here, the two married couple, who married couple Dujanru, they wear the rings, right? One of them had cursed shoes and one of them had a cursed ring, or perhaps one had both. I, I don't know. So maybe this is lending credence to my kidnapping theory or, or something. Someone has
2: died in the house, so though, it, it seems like to me. Yeah, because if these cursed items were being worn, they should be on someone right yeah yeah i see a point point. and they seem very excited to be on someone like i mean you just like looked at the shoe and Aye. like yeah i flicked it across so, the room and it found its way back to me so right okay so the plot thickens here clearly somebody somebody who should be here is is no longer here and they are no longer on this mortal coil Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun,
0: indeed.
1: Either that right. or they collected cursed items and we just ended up finding them by
2: accident. This is, this is possibly true. I mean, the way that thing tried to launch itself on me and you, I think they would have to have some kind of anti-cursed item device around them to kind of save themselves from that. So, no, no, I, I, my money's on somebody being dead. And and I'm guessing it's one of the couple that we've sought. Either either Renee or uh, or uh, what was his name? Renik Remiki, Reniki? Rikiki. 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 Yeah. Rikik. mm mm-hmm. or Renee.
0: Uh sheet, yeah.
2: Sheet. Can, can I um can I find out a little bit more, more about the shoes that I've got on? What what do they look like? What kind of style are they? What kind of fashion, colour, yeah. material?
0: Yeah, um the traction on your pair of boots is especially grippy. They have good arch support and the sides are made from breathable material.
1: Are they
2: Pidge brand or another brand?
0: <laughs> Pidge doesn't make cursed shoes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they're boots. So they're 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 men's shoes.
0: They're boots. So they are they they are they are they are mens they're
2: booty. Okay. Yeah. You did not get uh,
0: cursed with high heels.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's that's fortunate.
0: And it is your turn, so um, you can investigate the house further. You do have a bit more information this go-around. And for the status update on the skill challenge, mm-hmm. you have two passes and one failure. When you reach either six passes or three failures, the skill challenge ends.
2: I, I want to I do an insight check of some sort. I want to just kind of get a sense of what's going on around us and try and work out something that might help lead us to the next stage. And I might get the feeling that insight checks are the way to do that. Yeah.
0: All right, roll your dice.
2: So I'm going to roll a dice. Ah, there we go. Seventeen plus three, we get a twenty on the insight check.
0: Nice. That is a pass. You're at three passes. On the ground is a cracked glass picture frame with a photorealistic drawing of two women in wedding dresses. They look happy.
2: Well, okay. Um, two women in wedding dresses. Yes. At the same wedding? Yes. Okay. That's different. I mean, do we know Rikik and Renee? Are they definitely... Is that a guy and a girl? Do we know that? Or is it a girl and a girl?
0: I'm going to let you guys explain this.
3: (laughs) It sounds like we're in a progressive fantasy world where anyone can love anyone, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. You know, uh... we People talk the- about me and Nacho. <laughs> um, wow!
2: Well, well, I mean, I knew you guys cared for each other, but I didn't know it kind of went that deep. But um, he's mate, my
3: soulmate.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I get it. You know, there is a special someone for everybody. Who's to say it needs to be the same species as what you are? Oh, hmm? I'm cheating! Come on. <laughs> But did we make an assumption then that Rikik was a a guy when it seems like maybe Rikik is a a girl? Or am I putting two and two together and making four when actually I should be making twelve and a half?
1: Hmm. It's a possibility.
2: Hmm. Okay. So that photo just gave us more questions than it did answers, didn't it? Essentially.
0: But it was a pass. You now know who the missing people are. I do. There you go. All right. After Furious, it's Rolo. Uh, Furious used Insight, so you can't use Insight, and you can't use Survival.
3: Is there an upstairs, or is this an all- uh, a ranch? Ranch. Medieval ranch. Okay. Um, no basement? No basement. Oh. No. Um, all right. Um, then I'm going to use Perception. To see if I can notice anything uh, that, that seems foul play-ish uh, I can see anything like that. Uh, maybe someone has been taken against their will. And that is an 11.
0: An 11 is a failure. That's your second failure. <sighs> if you get a third, oh, the entire skill challenge is over. Oof. So... With your perception, you spy with your little eye, half buried by items strewn across the room, the edge of a... Roll a dice to see what you touched. What am I rolling? A d4.
3: okay. I got a four.
0: A four. You spied with your little eye the edge of a... Cloak. And when you touch the cloak, it flies like Dr. Strange's cloak and rests itself upon your back. You now have your cloak... Item spot permanently occupied. There you go, Rolo. You got one turn. And also, since you were doing perception, you'll notice that the moment you moved away from the teapot, the mouse squeaked and jumped off your hand and ran back in the teapot.
1: That's what I was afraid of. So is it my turn?
0: After Rolo, it's Tornin.
1: I'm going to do an arcana check because the dream we just had is coming to mind.
0: Okay.
3: Oh god. I
1: forgot about that. Mm.
0: Go ahead and roll your dice.
1: 18. That's is a pass.
0: I, you guys are at four passes. I'm glad you didn't fail there cuz it was kind of a that could have been the end of the skill challenge.
1: Is what I have a bad feeling about accurate?
0: Okay, what's your what's your question? Your magical question that you're consulting here?
1: I'm trying to figure out if these two have been transmuted.
0: Your study of the Arcane means that you have learned a number of spells that could destroy a body without leaving anything left. Disintegrate, Finger of Death, Blight, Polymorph, Insect Plague, Fireball, Flame Strike, Firestorm, Immolation, Incendiary Cloud, etc. It's quite a long list. And yes, Polymorph is one of them. But you know that Polymorph wears off after an hour, and it has been more than one hour so only a true polymorph could leave them in this form forever.
1: Guys, the dream we had last night is coming to mind.
2: Yeah, weird ghosty man with a magic sparkly red wand thing going on. Do we think, well, what what could that have to do with things here?
1: I point at the mouse and the teapot. You think a armadillo, a bottle of syrup and a tea in a kettle on a frying pan would be any harder than a mouse and a tea pot
2: <laughs> oh, I, I see I see your point <laughs> yep okay so we think these guys have been transmuted right it's possible <sighs> it is possible okay we need we need to look after this mouse and this teapot we just need to make sure that they're safe I mean none of us have got any means to turn them back, do we? Do we?
1: We would need another spellcaster of a very,
2: very high level to do it. Asking Mr. Wild Sorcerer to try might uh, might backfire in more <laughs> ways than we
3: could. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to pick up Mrs. Potts and the Mousie uh, and 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 stash them away together, both of them.
0: Okay, they're in one of the capybara carrying bags. Okay and
3: i uh i throw in some extra crackers yeah yeah i'm gonna put them in in nachos uh saddlebag gingerly pack them around like a uh, my old cloak that is now i (laughs) guess not on me anymore um and um i'm going to yeah i'm gonna put a couple crackers in there for the for the mouse and make sure that the mrs Potts doesn't get chipped or anything because i can imagine that would be pretty bad and uh, i check out my new cloak too is it is it cool
0: this dazzlingly sparkly crimson red glitter cloak that you're wearing forever ensures you draw the eye of the audience.
3: Ooh, I like it. Does it Does it billow?
0: Yeah. Oh, constantly. You're not even moving. It's constant billowing.
2: So A does... cloak of billowing? This is the best thing. I've always wanted one of these. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely got the good end of this deal. Definitely.
3: I just put my hands on my hips in a superhero pose, and I go will solve this crime.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, and I should, I can tell you this because it's not officially what the item does, but your shoes never wear down. You have constant, oh. yeah, constant good shoes.
2: Are they like, have they got steel toe caps? Because that can, would be yeah. really useful for, yes, definitely steel toe cap base that's going to come in really handy for kicking <laughs> people in the future. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah there's a terry pratchett thing about do you buy one good pair of boots that's really expensive or a lot of cheap pairs of boots you uh, have the best pair of boots
2: <laughs> i have lived by that policy my entire life <laughs> sam vimes taught me something very very important that day and i've yep. never gone back on it no absolutely you Yay. spend the money on a good quality item and it will be with you forever so <laughs> i, I have die. sam vime boots until you die in this case <laughs> Wow. So I have a pair of Sam Vine boots. I'm very proud of my Sam Vine boots and I'm going to wear them with pride. Yeah. It's going to make showering weird because you can't take them <laughs>
3: off. I mean, sleeping, my feet would get hot. Do they're I have to breathable. sleep with
2: the cloak on?
0: <laughs> yeah. But they're breathable. So
2: They they are breathable material on the boots so they can we can get them wet, we can kind of wash through them. We'll we'll work around this. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm safe from too many fungal infections. <laughs> How do you change your socks? I never wore socks in the first place. Socks oh, are, all right. Well, um, yeah, you're a monk. Right. I'm a monk. I've got, I'm not a sock guy. I've got, I've got enough calluses and bunions on my feet to make them pretty hard, pretty hard wearing as it is. So these boots, but the boots are a nice addition. Um, <laughs> so.
0: Furious, we're back to you. You can't use Arcana because that just happened. And you also can't right. use Acrobatics or Insight because you've used those before.
2: We are mm-hmm. at four
0: passes and three failures on the skill check. If you pass two more times, the skill challenge is over, and if you fail one more time, the skill challenge is over. But I think you guys have learned a lot of important stuff from it, so don't be too stressed about failing.
2: This is we've, your we've first skill challenge ever. Woo. For sure. <laughs> um I'm thinking now, what what do we need to do now? What's what's left? I mean, we've got a bunch of cursed items. We we know that there's a mouse and a teapot that are, that are pretty important to this whole equation. Um what more could we want to find out? What's What else is going on in this place? So, I've got... What other options? What other options? Is there anybody else about, apart from just us three? Is Pliny still here? Is,
0: You're the only ones here.
2: Mm. Can you talk to the mouse? Yeah, I was going to say that talk to mm-hmm. animals would be really, really useful.
1: Yes, it would be. Unfortunately, I did not take that spell.
2: And no, and I didn't. I don't think it's a thing that fits with... I, I don't think I've got that on my character anywhere. Where would I even find out if I have that?
0: It would be as... So as a monk, you definitely don't have this spell. It's for spellcasters. Yeah, okay. It's, it's
2: for spells, spells. then. So okay. no. So that is useless to me. Um, what else? What else could I be doing?
0: And I will say, just because it's the natural arc of storytelling, it seems to have only required five. Whatever you do is the last thing that happens. It'll either be the last pass or the last fail. There hmm. you go so let me just wrap
2: this up yeah. so, no pressure there's nobody else <laughs> I can intimidate there's nobody else I can persuade I don't get the feeling a sleight of hand or a stealth check is really going to help us anywhere here try something with I the
1: mouse I have an
2: idea I have an idea
3: with the mouse mm. what if you did a performance for the mouse to tell him that we are on his or her that we are trying to help her Yep. And her teapot wife.
2: Yes, so we're gonna make the feel, the <laughs> mouse feel comfortable and that we're on side with the mouse. And yeah, so she knows that we're so the mouse is gonna wanna help us back. <laughs> exactly. I like we're maybe she, that.
3: maybe you can do like an interpretive dance for her to yep. let her know that we're on her team and then she'll do one back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a I have a plus two on my charisma, so that's a plus two to the to the performance check. So hey. It's as good a chance we've got of anything, right? <laughs> so, f- that's how bees communicate with by dancing. Furious Johnson is rolling. <sighs> oh, jeez, uh, seven.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, the DC was thirteen, so I'll just let you guys know that. So that is mm. a failure, but you do dance at the mouse, and she looks at you with her little tilted head, with her little blinking <laughs> black mouse eyes, and she's really not sure what to think of that. But it amuses all of your friends, and she nibbles her cracker she watches you, but you don't get a mouse dance in return, although that would have been mm. adorable. And a performance actually makes you think of, you know, entertaining others and of being watched, doesn't it? You wonder if yeah. anyone was watching Rekick and Renee. If they were, would they have peered in from that window or that one?
2: Ooh. So that's a good question.
1: Please uh, d- dispatcher, do we know anyone that can dispel a uh, transmutation spell?
0: What do you mean over?
1: We might have we might have a couple individuals here who've been transformed. We need someone who uh is capable of undoing it.
0: Dispatcher, I'll tell Joel and Pliny, and we'll get back to you. Over.
1: Over now.
3: Ooh, we should. We should. Lorena. Uh.
1: I tell them what I heard them over uh, say earlier in her level. I don't think she would be strong enough for this task. She's a level twelve. Do we leave any of the communication devices with the fire-breathing kittens?
0: Officially, you did not, but you could go back there. And just to wrap up this uh, skill challenge, the very last thing here was that you um, were wondering, would an observer have peered in through that window or that one? So let's just finish yeah. up.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, so on that on that note, I think we should probably see if we can go to talk to some neighbors because we don't know what's happened in here. And we really need to find someone that probably has witnessed something. So if you go and chat to the neighbors, maybe I'm gonna been... go peek out
1: the window, see which which way has more, uh, which window has the most uh, places that could view through the into the house.
0: Oh, okay, all right. So, um, I'll try to do this in order. So, uh, first off, you see that there's large shaped sculpted b- bushes outside of the windows so it's kind of like green light filters in through the windows it's pretty pleasant it's nice um and but a person could probably hide behind one of those bushes it's very possible because it is a person height bush Uh, and you were going to go to the neighbors so i will say since it is midday most people work away from the home during midday in nikimoy so it's um the neighbor who reported them missing isn't home right now okay okay All right, so now you can all free act. Um, There's bushes that are person height outside of the windows.
1: I'm going to step outside and look at the ground next to the bushes between the bushes in the house looking for any footprints. Survival check. Uh, that's That's an ugly 20.
0: You crouch down to inspect the ground outside the windows. Between the bush and the wall indented into the mulch, are what could be the divots caused by crouching in a pair of shoes while peering into the window. They are about size 11 in human footwear, the size of an adult male human, elf or tiefling, or maybe a young orc, or maybe a preteen loxodon or a toddler loxodon. The shoes you saw in the house were all smaller than these indentations, except for, of course, the pair of boots, which size to fit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rekik is a gnome and Renee is a halfling from the picture that you saw earlier.
1: I'm going to follow the footprints. Do, do they uh, go anywhere?
0: It's actually just the indentation of feet kind of okay. between the bush and the window because that undisturbed ground has retained the shape of the foot that was kind of pressed into it.
1: Okay, we definitely had someone looking in the window. Uh, medium bill, A medium-sized creature. Don't know if it's human or not could be any number of species at least size 11 shoe um yeah definitely looking in the window
0: your friends hear you say that
3: i'm gonna i'm gonna radio to lorena and uh so tch, lorena come back
0: yeah over tch,
3: it's rollo over uh or it's Rolo not <laughs> over uh it's Rolo. <laughs> Let me start again. It's Rolo, and we have uh, – we found some some evidence over here that we think might be really uh, germane to the case. We've got a, a mouse and a teapot that are definitely people, <laughs> and, and uh, we also have some new shoes, <laughs> a, a new ring, and a new cloak uh, that we want to show you over –
0: Make a persuasion check, and let's see if she believes you that this teapot is people.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that's an eighteen.
0: Okay, she does believe you that the teapot is people, <laughs> and uh, she says, "Oh, that's terrible." As a wizard, I, I've been trained in polymorph, but I don't yet know true polymorph. So I, I mean, if they are people, like that would, that would take someone of immense power to like. How long have they been a mouse in a teapot? Over
2: ch.
3: Definitely been longer than one hour, so I think we're pretty sure that this is a uh, true polymorph situation. Uh, Overch.
0: It stays silent for a few seconds, because true polymorph is only capable of being wielded by, like, a level 17 wizard. There's very few level 17 wizards in the country of Guasso. Like, uh, it's, un- it's not a fight she can win and you can tell that she is definitely rubbing her temples thinking i just want to read my books i just want to read my books i don't want to take on a level 17 wizard and the line remains silent for a long time
1: fortunately in, i in the silent oh go ahead fortunately i believe our guild has a couple uh especially one in particular but uh, who's gotten rather famous for uh polymorph spell if you <laughs>
2: That do, is her I mean,
0: favorite
2: do we, spell? <laughs> do we do we get to go and uh, go and call in help from from some of our guild members, or are we we I think we're on this one on our own, are not we?
0: Let's say that she's out of town and she'll be back in a week.
2: <sighs> yeah. oh.
0: She'll be back in a week. You can you can do it, but at the end.
2: Right. So let's have a little reconvene. What do we know right now? We know there's cursed items. We know there's two people missing that we think are a mouse and a teapot. <laughs> We know that some valuables have been burgled, but none of the cursed items seem to have been burgled. All the cursed items seem to still be here in the house. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they're on us. <laughs> the ones that are here are on us, at least. Do we know if there's any other cursed items that are, uh, are missing? We should have been here, but aren't but, but are missing from the list that uh, Pliny gave us? I'm going to check out the list.
1: There's
0: no cursed items on that list. And you guys are looking at that list. And actually if you go through the house, like you can see there's dresser drawers uh upended, like jewelry dressers um totally mm-hmm. empty of their jewelry. Uh and I will say, <laughs> you hear another thing come in from the communication stone. Ch- your communication stone makes a sound at you. Come in. Fire breathing kittens?
1: Yes. Over. Ch- <laughs> yes. Over. <laughs>
0: This is Pliny Jordan with the police.
1: How can I help you, Pliny?
0: I'm I'm calling to let you know that the moody bookseller, Lorena Sabin, um, she seemed really excited to solve the case after you guys talked to her last. And so she, she did some fantastic interviewing and she was able to get some names from the people that she was interviewing in the prison. And so now we've got two perpetrators that we know probably did this. So uh, she was very persuasive all of a sudden for some reason. Great work! You've solved the case. We are bringing in those two perpetrators into custody right now. Your job is done. You can come collect your three hundred gold and return the commu- communication stones anytime in the next week. Over.
1: Over. I'm not going to. Bl- I. I, uh, I don't feel right about
2: this. I, I say it, it to the other. I mean, it does all sound a little bit too good to be true, doesn't it? How has How is, How is this all suddenly solved itself? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the moment you told her about the polymorph. Suddenly.
3: Uh, maybe she knows a guy. Uh. A polymorph kind of a guy.
1: Except for she didn't want to go up against a guy who could cast that level of a spell. So if she knew who it was, and she was so afraid of the person, why would she go bring him in?
2: Should we ask. Pliny, who, the name of the guy, the the two people that they're bringing in and who they are.
0: There are more questions than answers, so I will leave you guys to think about it. This is the end of part one. Joining us this time were Rolo.
3: Greetings. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tornin. Goodbye. And furious.
2: Well, uh, I hope you're all as confused as I am because I'm pretty confused right now. But uh, let's find out in part two.
0: See you all in part two. Bye.
3: Part two, where I make tea in a person.
1: Bye.
0: We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please, share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. And did you know that we have webcomics? Look for The Adventures of Fire Breathing Kittens on webtoons.com. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Yes, that's right, you really can own a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We are joined again by Tornin. Hello. Rolo. Greetings. And Furious. Hey, everybody. Everybody, please roll a d20. Ten.
2: Six. Eight.
0: Okay, I'm holding up a dice to the screen and it says two. Who's the closest to two? That was me. Please tell us what happened last time.
2: Well, what happened last time? So we started off in a dream where we had this fight against some kind of spectral wizard with a red light shooting wand that turned us into a an armadillo, uh, a bottle of maple syrup and a frying pan. Um <laughs> after that we all woke up and the uh, the police were in the guild hall chatting to our guild master. They uh, there was it's the 1000th um Uh, crime in uh, Nicomoy. Um, So this is a very special one, and there's a whole uh, uh, departmental interconnectivity session going on to to get all the police departments working together. Um, And so we had to go to the Moody Booksellers Guild, where we met a lady called Lorena, who didn't really like us very much, but we gave her a communication stone so we could keep talking to her anyway, and she went off and did her own thing. And then we went went off to the crime scene, and um, after some rummaging around and some pretty odd behaviour going on in this little crime scene place. Um, I've got myself some cursed shoes. Tornan has got himself a cursed ring. And Rollo has got himself a rather funky cursed cape, which I think we're all a bit jealous of. Um, But nobody really knows what's going on. We we think we've also got a mouse and a teapot where we think that they might maybe used to be some people that have been transmuted into a mouse and a teapot, but we're not 100% sure just yet. And we're just on the cusp of trying to work out what we do next and the police i think they have a suspect already that's a very good point yes that was the, that was the final thing we found out the police have got two suspects i think it was that they're bringing in
0: yeah two suspects
2: so where do we go from here and now i was thinking over the break that it's probably a good idea now we've got this cursed items we know there's a book about cursed items back in the moody booksellers guild bookstore um do you guys think we should maybe go back and have a little read of that book? I second this notion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we can't buy it, but oh well. We can't buy it, but we can go thumb the pages a little bit more and maybe bend a couple more while we're at it. So uh, I think that's what we're going to do next. We're going we're to head back to the Moody Booksellers Guild and we're going to go read that book and find out what mysteries it holds for us.
0: All right. You're familiar with the Moody Booksellers Guild Hall and Bookstore? the welcoming double doors have open hours on them someone's behind the front desk as you walk in and they say hello welcome and the cat makes like a meh sound as you walk by like an old cat just like welcoming you you know
3: i i whisper to uh, furious that i will engage the shopkeep in conversation while he looks at the book so that we don't get
2: in trouble for cuz it's not a library right they're probably get mad about that uh, it's, a very, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. I think I think Tornan should probably go and say hello to the cat as well, because he got on really well with it last time, and the cat didn't seem to mind him uh, petting it as well. So just in case the cat's watching us and keeping its eye on it too.
0: All right. You guys do that. So you don't have to roll to read a book. <laughs> good. Because my Actually, rolling
2: has been terrible so far. So.
0: <laughs> but you do roll an animal handling to see how well you get along with the cat, and roll a Persuasion to see how well You're getting along with the reception Clerk
1: I got a 20
0: Oh, the cat is purring It's sitting in the bowl at the top of the vase Happy
3: I got a 19
0: And a 19 Okay, yeah, the receptionist isn't sure If you're flirting or not and is paying very close (laughs) attention
3: (laughs) I'm definitely flirting
0: Oh, okay So you can read the book with no interruptions
2: Excellent. Well, let's have a read.
0: It's a thick volume with an attractive Damask hardcover. You remember this Damask from earlier and are able to find it easily. It's called 1001 Cursed Objects, an adventurer's guide on what to pick up.
2: Uh, So what do I do? I mean, I'm, I'm going to flick through the book. I'm trying to find something about a shoe, about a cape and about a ring.
0: Yeah, this is an alphabetical list from A to Z of more than a thousand You'd say 1,001 cursed objects. Would you like to flip to any page? I've got a, a paper with all these a <laughs> 1,001 cursed objects on it.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, 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 d- I'm definitely going to look into my shoes first because they're on my feet and that's what I care about the most. So let's go to, is it under shoes or boots? I don't know.
0: You check for boots because you're starting with A and you flip to B. I and to you B. find boots of the athlete. The traction on this pair of boots is especially grippy. They have good arch support, and the sides are made from a breathable material. Once per day, you gain plus four on any athletics skill check. And then there's, like, extra notes, because this is a true guide. It says, these are quite common. They were manufactured by the Minoans of Crete for centuries. They're popular as long-lasting footwear. One of the perks of owning cursed boots is that your feet stay dry.
2: Nice. I'm quite pleased with my boots, then. That sounds like a handy little prize.
0: <coughs> okay, now I'm you're flipping. Happy. You're in yeah, the to, yeah. uh, to, yeah, C
2: section. Yeah, keep to... C for cloaks. Yes, yes, that would be the next.
0: Yeah, um, H-I-J-K-L. So you're flipping through C for cloak, and you go to C, A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H-I, you know, and H catches your eye before C-L, and you see a picture of something that looks familiar. It's labelled... The Cho wand Ooh. casts an immensely powerful permanent version of a common spell for the cost of the heart an ironic amalgamation of permanence and change, the cursed Cho Ro wand forever reminds its wielder of the price they have paid. One heart per spell cast. Unlike other curses in this curated list that only change hands at death, dear reader. Legend has it that the Choro changes hands in combat. Some say the wand itself chooses its next wielder. Rumored to be a wood cylinder with a ruby at its base, Choro wand rating probably doesn't exist.
1: Well, it's a cursed
2: elder wand.
0: Shh, that's copyright.
2: Well, I mean, that sounds like a powerful artifact, and that sounds like something we've come in contact with in our dream earlier on. So, But it, it takes the heart to cast a spell with it. I mean, that guy did us three times, right? That means there's three hearts that have been used in that, in that little escapade. So, wow, that guy's dark side. I don't like him one little bit. It,
3: it may be a little less literal, in that maybe the person who wields it needs to have the heart inside of himself. Oh, because yeah, I think that would be uh, pretty dark.
2: <laughs> it was darker than I was expecting from the five living <sighs> kids. Yeah, that. I mean,
0: try. I can change that. Um, DM makes notes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we, we, tr- we try, but we don't always <laughs> succeed, uh, right? Uh, if, if if
3: that's it, then I this because <laughs> that's really <laughs> creepy. <laughs>
2: Wow. Okay, so I need to tell these guys about, uh, about this wand, but I'll, we'll, we'll loop back around with them a bit later on. And just get them up to speed with what I've been reading here. Um, let's, let's carry on flicking through the book and uh, find out a little bit more about Rollo's cloak.
0: Cloak of the Performer. You recognize it because it's so dazzling. This dazzlingly sparkly crimson red glitter cloak ensures you draw the eye of the audience. Once per day, you gain plus four on a performance skill check. Students of the Yarnspinner College of Performing Arts are gifted with this cloak upon matriculation. Herod's estimates the market value to be 350 gold.
2: Oh, very nice. Rolo's going to be a happy man about that when I tell him. Okay.
0: Well, he can't sell it.
2: He can't, he can't get rid of it, can he? I suppose that's a good point. But at least he knows he's got something valuable. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's see about Tornan's. I could will it to someone. <laughs> yeah. Let's see about Toran's ring. What was that ring all about?
0: Ring of the Silver Dragon. This snow-white metal band remains cold to the touch, regardless of how long it has been worn. For that reason, this ring can be a little bit uncomfortable to wear, dear reader. Grants resistance to cold damage. The Frost Dragons of Zithra will make one for you if you trade them a gold rat.
2: Wow, okay. So somebody's found themselves a gold rat, which in itself sounds like a pretty prized prized <laughs> possession. Okay, so I, uh, I I put the book down and back on the shelf. Um, I go over to uh, Tornin, I call call Rollo over and I say, "Guys, these are some pretty cool little artifacts we've uh, we've got ourselves our hands on here. They might be stuck on my feet permanently, but I'm quite happy with these boots. So I think I'll probably keep them." <laughs> your your ring cold sounds... resistance. Go on, Tornin, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Cold resistance sounds useful.
3: I'm just happy that I'm snappily dressed. It matches my vest, so you know I'm I'm good. We're happy days.
2: Ah, but the wand. The, there's the one. The one. The most important thing I think I found out from that book is is about the Chobo wand. So apparently, there's this wand, and it sounds pretty much like what that guy had in the dream that we saw earlier on. Um, it's clearly a clearly a powerful device. I'm not going to tell you about how the guy makes it work because it'd give you nightmares. Um, but suffice to say, I think this thing is in action here and I'm pretty sure we need to find this guy and put a stop to him doing it because there's going to be a lot more problems if we don't if we do not do that. Now, the question is, where is he and how do we find him? Um, I think we should probably go and have a chat with the police if they've got two guys that they've pulled in. Maybe one of the guys is this guy that's using this wand uh, and we need to find out.
3: Doesn't it kind of sound like it's, it's not them and that, Lorena, maybe, uh, maybe she just picked two guys because she knows who it is. Because, because it, it seemed like we told her we were like, "Hey, there's this other stuff, and there's these uh, the the mouse and the person in the uh, that, that is now a uh, teapot." And uh, so, yeah, then, then she immediately found who did it. So that that to me, I, I'm a little skeptical. Hmm,
2: I'm with you on the skepticism. And I don't know if the police are in on it. No, we don't know. I mean, she did say there was only a very, very small number of you know level seventeen plus wizards uh, around the around this neck of the woods. So,
1: but remember, it doesn't take a level plus seventeen plus wizard to use that wand, of, according to what you said. Um, mm. it, a very low level spell permanently, which polymorph is a fairly low level spell.
2: This is a good point. So really it doesn't matter. they don't have to be that high level, do they? They could just be a uh so the so the thing about it is I should share with you guys that that they, they you need the heart to power this one. So clearly it doesn't need to be someone of a high level, but they need to have access to some pretty dark situations. Let's let's talk to the police. Let's ask uh, Pliny and um uh his boss whatever Joel. Was his boss his name Joel Joel Ritter. Let's uh should we should we Uh, So let's, let's get on our communication stones and uh, uh, Joel, Joel, are you there?
0: Reception. They're in an interrogation right now. Over.
2: Oh, okay. This is the, uh, this is the fire breathing kittens fire breathing kittens guild. Um, We've kind of covered some, uncovered some information about a certain magical artifact that I think is going to be of interest to Joel. And uh, we'd probably suggest he holds back on any interrogations until we've uh, kind of given him this information. So, Can you maybe ask him to to pop out and have a word with us? Over.
0: Sure, yeah. Come on down to the station and I'll I'll tell him to speak to you.
1: Over.
2: Good stuff. We'll see you there in a minute. Right. Well, (laughs) let's go down to the police station, boys.
1: Tell me, is this the first time you guys have willingly gone to the police or is it...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Into the lion's den. (laughs) Yeah. It's alright. I've, I've never had any trouble with the police before, ever. <laughs> so I've, I have nothing to fear. Tornan just snickers. <laughs> <laughs> Nacho, <to> wait outside.
0: <laughs> you arrive at the police station. The front lobby has a small waiting area with chairs, then hallways leading to desks. An officer you have never met before sits behind the front desk.
3: Is there like a ring bell for service?
0: Oh, they see you, they just,
3: they've only heard your
0: voice, they don't know who you are.
3: Greetings, officer. We're from the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild, and we're looking for Joel or Pliny?
0: From the communication stones. That's us. They reach for a stack of papers, pull out one, and check a list. Yeah, we're expecting you. Follow me. The officer gestures for you to follow as they stand up from the front desk and walk down the hallway.
2: Uh all right. Furious plods down the hallway, clomping in these, these new boots.
3: <laughs> I sashay. I sachet <laughs> down the hallway with my amazing cloak, and I do a spin in the middle of the, like, near the water cooler. Just what, where there are the most people.
1: <laughs> I just cover my eyes with my hands <laughs> and w- wondering what the heck did I get myself into? Aww. Well, f- the hand with the ring, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to figure out some way that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the officer stops in front of a door with a frosted window that can't be seen through. Perception check.
2: Fifteen for
1: me. Fourteen for me. Uh, nineteen for me.
0: Toran, you're again the most perceptive of the group. <laughs> you are the only one who can faintly hear sobbing.
1: Okay, I'm just rolling really lucky today with those perception checks, so. All right, uh, someone's crying.
0: Ah, now the others know as well. The officer looks solemn and knocks politely on the frosted window. After a moment, the door opens and Joel steps out, a solemn look on his face. The sobbing sound becomes muffled again as he closes the door behind him. Seeing you, fire-breathing kittens, his face cracks with a beaming smile. Fire breathing kittens, he exclaims happily. Great job on this case. Really well done. We should collaborate with you and the moody booksellers more often. <laughs> really improve that clearance rate.
1: Uh, what? <laughs> Off. Yeah. No, what happened there, Joel?
0: Oh, well, Lorena identified these suspects. Got the intel from the prisoners. Told us about uh, the, the inside scoop. And now we've got them and they've already confessed.
2: Oh, they confessed.
0: Yeah, they're signing their written confessions now.
2: Wow. So who 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 are these people? Who are the, who have you arrested?
0: Janice Sid and Arya De Villiers. The older police officer tells you.
1: Wow. Okay. How do you know that these two did it? I'm curious.
0: Well, they confessed, and Joel uh, is facing across the hall, so he sees a second interrogation room's door open, and it kind of cuts him off in mid. Mid-speech, Pliny steps out, smiling victoriously. Seeing you there, Pliny beams and holds up a pad of paper. Signed confession, he says. We did it. Case closed.
1: Uh, May I see that, please?
0: Of course. Pliny hands you the confession. It is by Arya de Villiers, and it says basically along the lines of, It's our fault. It was us. We broke into the apartment at midnight, and I fireballed them. It's all our fault. It was us. We did it.
1: Um, did we see any signs of a fireball going off? Because that's a very distinctive spe- in that, in that uh, house, because that would be a very distinctive spell.
0: Are you asking in character or out of character?
2: Out of character.
0: Okay. Out of character, your fellow players can answer you.
2: Uh, well, we didn't see any singeing of anything, did we? That wasn't ever mentioned. Um, no. It seems it seems unlikely to me that anything was fireballed in that place. I think we would have we would have spotted it surely. We did enough insights and perceptions and all sorts of checks to to have spotted some burnt things.
1: Agreed it was destroyed but it didn't look like it was fireballed. Yeah, just trashed.
3: Hey, Pliny, uh, what do you think about just letting us talk to the to the witness or to the um person who just confessed to Arya, real quick i mean i just got like one thing to ask we'll be right out of your hair after that you can wrap up the paperwork while we're doing that
0: sure pliny is super cooperative he's so fresh-faced and young and new and he lets you right in the interrogation room joel opens his mouth and holds up a finger but you're inside before he can say anything (laughs) and then he lowers his fingers and he's like they're they've already confessed sure okay and you are inside the interrogation room. You enter the tiny interrogation room. It smells like fear. A tired, crying young human, probably only twenty years old, holds his head in his hands and sobs.
3: I've been on the other side of this table before, man, so uh, what's going on?
0: persuasion check
3: Oh nine
0: He's a little bit busy with his own stuff right now, so he keeps holding his head in his hands. And uh, isn't going to, because your role, the result is that he's not going to talk to you. No. But there is a second person, if you'd like to talk to them. I know the dice are sometimes on them. It's like, I I want to advance the story, but I want the dice to be powerful. So I'll just say, this particular person is just sobbing. All
3: right. Well, I I give him a clap on the back. I'm saying, listen, I'm going to go talk to your buddy over there, see what he can tell me. I'll be back here in 10 minutes. You collect yourself. We'll be good. All right? Hmm. Chin up. So I head over to the other room.
0: All right, you are entering that tiny interrogation room. Joel, the older partner, steps towards this man as you walk in, and he continues his interrogation. You can observe, I guess. He holds up the bag of evidence, two hairs clearly visible inside, and in a growly voice says, We know it was you two. Your old dock worker co-worker ratted on you, and these two hairs from the crime scene match both of you. We know you did it. It's good if you confess. You'll get less time.
1: What color hair do these two individuals have?
0: Brown.
3: Is the state of forensics that, that they're like, uh,
1: It's brown. Must be a match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, exactly the state of uh, forensics.
3: Okay, so um, do either of these guys look uh, like spellcasters? Or are they just, like, how are they dressed?
0: Like dock workers.
3: Some su- now Joel I don't want to tell you how to do your job here guy, but it seems like something's not adding up about this do you do you do you see where I'm going
0: I don't see what you're going where you're going at all We've got the co-workers suggesting that these two committed a string of burglaries. we've got the hair that matches them. all of the evidence points to these two It was definitely them
1: the hair also matches to the people who lived in the house the the the, the house did not show any signs of a fireball ball going off because that would have done a lot more than just scatter a whole bunch of things around it would have destroyed everything in its area that was it went off and and well they might be thieves i don't think they're the ones that did the What we suspect has happened.
0: Joel, Pliny, Furious, Rolo, Tordin, and Ionis are the people in this room. Joel walks to the door, which is very close by, and closes it and turns around and leans against the door and he says, what are you suggesting?
1: That we might have the wrong people. We... (sighs) Last night we had a bit of an unusual encounter with, I'm not going to go into details, but a powerful magical artifact that we think might have had something to do with. We found what we believe to be transmuted individuals, possibly the the missing people.
3: I have a teapot that used to be a person, so.
0: Oh, it's in the room? <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, I'm carrying oh, a wiki because it's a, it's a person, and the mouse is there, too. Oh, and the gosh. crackers.
0: The mouse is squeaking, and it's so afraid.
2: <laughs> so F- Furious Johnson asks to be honest, uh, tell me what you know about the Chobo wand.
0: The past middle-aged police officer clears his throat and crosses his arms, leaning against the closed door in this soundproofed, basically, interrogation
2: room. So Furious he- Johnson... Oh, God. Sorry. Oh,
0: no, no, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, Furious Johnson looks at Jonas and then looks at Joel, looks at, back to Jonas again, looks back to Joel squinting and says, <laughs> maybe you should be the one that tells us about this Chobo wand, Mr. Witter.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just going like, to flash split second around the room. You notice that the... <laughs> The person crying in front of you is holding a bar of soap in his hands, which is a little unusual. (laughs) (laughs) He's holding onto this bar of soap and he's looking at Joel with terror in his eyes and he says, I'll sign it. I'll sign it. This is, yeah, I confess. Um, We robbed those two dwarves at noon and I disintegrated them and that's why there's no bodies. It It was me. It was us. We did it. Bring me the confession.
1: Wait. Dwarves? I thought they were... Wait, I thought we were dealing with another...
0: Are you physically reacting or are you verbally reacting? Because Pliny is going to physically react and try to head past Joel to get the confession document.
1: I stop Pliny. Oh. (laughs) We're not dealing with dwarves as our victims here. One was a halfling, remember?
0: Pliny's going to do a little check. going to roll a little down. (laughs) That was a four. Pliny shrugs and says he wouldn't confess if he didn't do it.
1: Uh, He might have robbed a dwarf, but he didn't technically confess to the targets that we are dealing with here.
3: Uh, I'm going to jump up and I'm going to grab the soap from this guy.
0: Oh, no, he's not going to give it to you. He cradles it like it's a baby.
3: I I mage hand the soap from him.
0: Oh, no, he cries. He cries more. And he's like, you don't understand.
1: I said. That's a person, I, I, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's this is people. This soap is people. And I am like, <laughs> so I say, I say, so you wouldn't mind if I broke this soap then?
0: <gasps> he's freaking out so much. He's like, no, don't hurt her.
3: That's ah. what I thought. Your soap is a person. Knew it. So, how is is Joel reacting? Do I know who it is?
0: Yeah. Everybody do an insight check and tell me if you figured out who that soap is. (laughs) Mm,
1: Six. That's actually a pretty good insight check. That's a 19. (laughs) 15. I'm rolling a lot of 19s today. (laughs) Furious
0: is a bit confused. But Rolo and Tornin both see Joel is not surprised by any of this, and he's calculating. He's stroking his chin thinking for a second. He's like, what is the best thing to do here? And if you guys can tell me who the soap is, I will give you advantage on your first roll in the upcoming combat. Because everybody roll it's initiative. It's centaur
1: lady from the bookstore.
0: <laughs> and everybody roll initiative.
1: I can't think of her name right now, but it's...
2: Ugh. Lorena. It was Lorena. Lorena. Lorena the soap lady. Um, well, at least it wasn't glue.
1: Nat 20.
2: Dirty <laughs> 20. Three.
1: So the, uh, we have a crooked cop here. Great.
3: Pliny is going to get so disillusioned today. <laughs> I'm going to break that poor boy.
0: Well, Pliny is going to get something, because the first thing that happens in this battle is that Joel withdraws a wooden cylinder with a red stone at its base from the deep recesses of his uniform. He points it at the back of his unsuspecting partner, and a red beam of light fires out from it, and Pliny turns into... Uh, somebody roll a d6. Uh, We've got a four. A shopping bag.
2: <laughs> no, Pliny, no. Paper or reusable?
0: Paper.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: A rigid oh paper shopping bag. Torn in are up first.
1: All right. I'm going to do non-lethal damage.
0: Yeah, I'm there's some like handcuffs to... nearby. You can probably.
2: <laughs> you sound so Whoa. disappointed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that... Is a sixteen to hit this guy? With what? I'm gonna. Sh- I'm going for. I'm using my bow. I'm gonna try to pin him to the ground, t- pin him to the wall with the by his clothing.
0: Okay, you fire off your arrow and it does hit him
1: for only six points of damage.
0: The arrow strikes.
1: Not... Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm not using my my feet right now. I'm just gonna. But yeah, okay.
0: The arrow strikes the past middle-aged police officer in the arm, and his arm is pinned to the wall briefly. It's not like a grapple check, so it won't stay there, but it happened. After torn in, it's a Rolo. You guys just... Get that
1: wand from him! <laughs>
3: oh, okay. All right, yeah, so I'm going to cast Invisibility on myself. And then I'm going to move in as close as I can to Joel.
0: Everyone was within 10 feet of Joel before this combat started, because it is a very small room.
3: Ah, okay. Then I will stay where I am.
0: Yeah, I think you cast with disadvantage if you are using a ranged spell and you're in melee distance, or I think bows and arrows are disadvantage.
1: Yeah, I I rolled disadvantage, so I rolled, fortunately, high enough to hit. But
0: your first roll in this combat, you do get advantage because you, um, you got the name. So what do you do, Rolo? You're invisible. That's the end of, Is that the end of your turn?
3: Uh, I, I, I wanted to grapple him to try to grab the wand, but I can't do that in the same turn, I don't think, so.
0: Ah, okay. Well, then your invisibility will assist your grapple attack angle probably next turn. He won't see it coming.
3: No, no I'm a wily halfling. <laughs> That's
0: good. After Rolo, it's Joel. All right. Joel casts Spiritual Weapon. You guys see a floating spectral weapon appear into the air. It's a giant police baton. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bonus action. So that starts out the turn right. When you cast this spell, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet of the weapon. The weapon's in the middle of the room, so it can smack any of you guys. So let's do a melee attack. Does a 15 hit... Tornin. in
1: and for hit made it to beat it
0: okay well then you take 10 damage force damage
1: mm, okay ow
0: that was their bonus action so now joel is going to cast uh-oh <laughs> silence so this is a full action it's a concentration spell up to 10 minutes for the duration no sound can be created within or pass through a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range any creature or object entirely inside the sphere is immune to thunder damage though and creatures are deafened while entirely inside it casting a spell that includes a verbal component is impossible there so step one is Joel is shutting down all the spell casting and uh, preparing to silence the witnesses after Joel's turn it's furious You can't hear anything and your ears are ringing because they're always ringing and now you can hear it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was going (laughs) to try and take the wand off of Joel as well, but I think Rollo's in the middle of doing that. So we're going to leave him be. He's got his invisible. He's going to sneak up on him. So I'm just going to knock the bells out of Joel a little bit and hopefully (laughs) put him off in the meantime. So um, we've got uh, a 10 for the first Attack, main attack, which I'm assuming doesn't hit.
0: That's right, it misses.
2: So then we're going to go for a follow-up with the Flurry of Blows. So we're going to use a key point. That's my second key point used, I think, right now.
0: You were having a dream the first time.
2: Oh, that? okay? So we're back to yeah. back to full. Yeah. Nice. Okay, good. Well, I, I had enough anyway. So we're going to use a key point. We're going to Flurry a Blows. Didn't
1: you use a Flurry of Blows already so far today? In a dream. Uh,
2: that was on the ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to roll again, and we get an uh, 11 uh, for the first strike of the flurry of blows, and come on the dice. You're adding, you're adding your attack bonus to it, right? Yeah, I'm adding my attack bonus, and we've got a 16 on the last one.
0: Good, the last one
2: hits. Lord for that. Right. So as my hitting uh, blow, I've got my open hand technique. So whenever, one of you, whenever you hit with one of your flurry of blow attacks, you can impose one of the following effects on the target. One is to fall prone if he fails a deck saving throw. Uh, if it a fails a strength saving throw, he gets pushed back 15. Or uh, he can't take a reaction. So we're going to make him take a deck saving throw. And if he fails, he's going to fall prone. An eight. He definitely fails that.
0: An eight fails. Yeah. So he is knocked prone. You punch him in the face. His jaw like arcs. And his whole body follows, and the man spins and crumples to the ground. The wand is still clutched in his hand, though. Is that the end of your turn, Furious?
2: That is the end of my turn.
0: Tornin, we're back to you.
1: All right. So, when him injured, my Colossus Slayer ability comes into effect, which has nothing to do with fighting. It's slaying Colossus. It just means I do more damage when the target's injured. So... Oh! That's gonna leave a mark. I rolled a nat 20.
0: Nice. This means that you rolled the number of dice you normally do, double it, and add the modifier at the end. So if you would normally roll two dice, you roll four, and then you add the modifier at the end.
1: 14 points of damage to the officer.
0: All right. What is happening? Describe how he took 14 points of damage.
1: I'm... Pinning his leg to the ground.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And doing a ga- grazing wound.
0: All right. And is this lethal or non-lethal damage? Non-lethal. Ah, he sounds so sad. Okay, <laughs> is that the end of your turn, Tornan?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all I can do.
0: Okay, Rolo, it's you. The wand does not have eyes, but it looks at you. It knows you, remembers you. It tested your worth last night. You were not the type of people who recognized that it, not the spectral form, was the source of the dream. It has no loyalty to you and will not stay with you for life. You did not truly see it, truly appreciate it, but neither did Joel. It's completely quiet in here, and your ears are ringing, just to add to the the scene. We've got someone who's potentially quite villainous. And he's holding the wand. He's laying on the ground. He's pinned a little bit. What do you do?
3: I stealthily and invisibly go over and try to grapple the wand out of his cold, dead hand. Well, I guess not dead yet.
0: (laughs) It's very much not dead. He is very much dead. so
3: is that an opposing check?
0: So roll a strength check. I'm going to roll a strength check with disadvantage because he's not expecting it. He got a 13.
3: (laughs) I got a 6.
0: Oh, no. Oh, so you, like, tug on it. <laughs> Nothing happens. Didn't you have advantage the first roll of the game because...
3: Oh, oh, yeah. Let me... Oh, yeah, you're right. Advantage, advantage.
0: Because you correctly named... Yeah, you get bonuses for solving the mysteries.
3: I did worse that time, so... Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to get more than a six. Um, so.
2: I'm very small, guys. I mean, I'm doing my best. He is only two and a half foot tall, right? Aww. Yeah, I'm doing my
3: best. I'm on 11 man. Aww. And then at the end, as a bonus action, I do jazz hands, because I have that cool cape. Invisibly. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Invisible jazz hands.
0: All of the players are doing jazz hands. Okay. <laughs> All right, at the end of Rolo's turn, we're back to Joel. Joel feels the tug on his wand, and he, like rips his arm close to his chest like really quickly and he's like no you won't have it (laughs) because if you remember this wand can be it's a cursed item but it can be taken from him in combat
3: right Mm -hmm.
0: you could have taken it he screams those words but nothing exits his mouth because it's silent in here (laughs) he is then going to direct his spiritual weapon because it can move actually to well who's not invisible
3: so,
0: oh <laughs> so it's going to hit furious. Does a 13 hit your AC furious?
2: No, no. My AC is 14.
0: This giant police cudgel swings in out of the air and misses you because with your monk reflexes you duck. All right. That was his bonus action. He's also got a normal action. He grabs for the invisible person near him. And I'm going to have him do a luck check. He might not hit you, but he's going to try to inflict wounds on you. And if this is above a 10, then he, oh yeah, he, he grabs you. He's reaching out. And now the question is, does he grab the capybara? Because I imagine that the capybara being in the room might affect this. Are you on the capybara? No,
3: Nacho well, Nacho was waiting outside, remember? Okay. Because right, he's good. holding. Yeah. Nacho's holding. I'm
0: so glad that Nacho is not affected by this inflict wounds because he casts it says casting time one action range touch components verbal and somatic so he drops the silence you guys can hear again because now he needs it to cast spells he's on the ground, poor thing he's changed his mind about his priorities for the battle and he's going to make a melee spell attack against you you are hit by 3d10 necrotic damage oof, oof. You take 15 necrotic damage as he's trying to suck the life out of you. Ouch. He's a really cool dude. Joel, the police officer.
1: (laughs) I mean, he's definitely not officer friendly. (laughs) We could tell that from the beginning that this guy's not friendly. So,
0: Aw, what did he do in the beginning? That was bad.
1: He's just gruff.
0: Aw, he's just got a a deep growly voice. Um, Yeah, so he inflicts wounds on you. And that is the end of his turn. Furious, we're back to you.
3: Oh wait, it's um, <laughs> sorry. I think I may have to make a concentration check because oh. I'm invisible. Oh no! So that is a charisma check, and yeah, I got a twenty on that, so I'm good. Still
1: invisible. Still invisible. It's actually Constitution check, but uh, is it's it con? still doesn't matter? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Constitution.
3: Okay, well, I would still get a 19.
0: Excellent. All right. Perfect. You're you 20. Yeah. You are still invisible. Furious. It's your turn. There's a shopping bag, a bar of soap, a crying, <laughs> a crying handcuffed guy and <laughs> who's not having a great time. It's not his best day.
2: Clearly not. And there's also a, 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 an angry, evil policeman that has been beaten to with half an inch of his life but he's still clinging onto that wand. So, the trick is... Uh, oh, so I'm uh, he's, get, uh,
0: he's not all that beaten, but you can keep going.
2: Is he? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to try and get the wand from him. Uh, I'm going to try and do it in combat. So, um, what's the? How, how would I do that? Is there, am I using some kind of sleight of hand thing here, or do I just crack on and just continue to pound him with fists and boots and head?
0: Um, let me look that up. If anybody knows this in the D&D rules, how do you snatch items from people sleight of hand sleight of hand okay so and then what does he roll to oppose that uh his own sleight of hand or
1: perception usually
0: um well i mean he's it doesn't really matter if he sees it or not right
1: true oh you're right um
0: yeah let's do contesting sleight of hand so go ahead and roll your sleight of hand he's gonna roll his sleight of hand he rolled a six
2: (laughs) i get a 14 plus a 3 17 total
0: yeah, you snatch that wand, right? Because, you know, his hands are busy strangling your invisible friend. So mm. you can't both <laughs> strangle and, and wand. You snatch the wand out of his hands.
1: Cool. Yoink. It's my wand. So he's currently strangling our our uh, well, halfling?
0: I mean, really, if you think about it, his hands are just in the air. And now that you can hear sound again, there's this, like, gurgling sound, but it doesn't really... You're not sure what he's holding, because it's invisible.
1: Oh, you said it's my turn. You said there were a pair of handcuffs nearby.
0: There's a pair of handcuffs on his waist.
1: I'm going to grab them.
0: Yeah? I don't think he can contest that with sleight of hand, because his hands are, as we've said, busy.
1: I'm just going to reach <laughs> over, grab the handcuffs, and snap!
0: Uh, oh, gosh. His hands are up in the air. I'm demonstrating visually, sorry podcast listeners, but they're basically like already only five (laughs) inches apart. So Tornin puts the handcuffs on his extended wrists and the wand is taken away from him. I'm going to say that officially ends combat, assuming that Rolo doesn't die. Um, Rolo, why don't you make an opposed... uh, So with opposing grapple checks, you can roll strength or dexterity to try to escape. And he's going to roll a strength check. Yeah, he's he's handcuffed, Uh so his ability to keep a hold of you is... Not good. He got a five. Oh, that's
3: that's good because I got a four.
0: Oh well, he got a five.
3: Well then, that's bad. <laughs> oh, um. I'm continuing
0: <laughs> continuing
3: to be strangled while <laughs> invisible.
0: Yeah. All right. So your friends might um, do something about that. <laughs> you hear gurgling sounds.
1: Grab one arm, I'll grab the other.
2: <laughs> yep. I'm on. I'm on board. <laughs>
0: Both of you roll a strength check, and if either of you gets above five, can I say that Rolo gets free?
1: Yeah, 21. Okay. Uh, 17.
0: All right, and you find yourself in a big pile on the ground. We've got a a shopping bag, a bar of soap, a crying handcuffed suspect, uh, a not-so-crying handcuffed police officer, and you guys. What do you do? Battle's complete. First? Battle's
1: over. Since I'm familiar with Arcane and, uh, I wrap up the middle finger of the police officer cuz this is an old way that in previous editions that they prevented spells from being cast by spellcasters.
0: Oh, the handcuffs do that. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I should have said that handcuffs wouldn't be good unless they stopped spellcasting.
1: Yeah, they can't move their middle finger, they're unable to really cast any spells. So
0: There you go. Yeah. The the mechanical equivalent of that by the handcuffs, he can't cast spells now.
1: I don't trust this guy. He did just try
3: to kill us, so I agree. I also do not trust this guy.
2: (laughs) No, but I'm stood here with the wand in my hand, or lying here under sort of half underneath Tornan and Joel, and uh, (laughs) and a a plastic plastic bag is flapping around in my face somewhere. I'm trying to get off my face.
1: I reach around and feel for the invisible halfling and lift him up. <laughs> I
3: Thank you, Tornan. I appreciate that. Uh I, I
2: dismiss invisibility. That's a good idea. Yeah, we can see him now. We can get him. We can get him. Okay. So Rollo's back in the room. We're all in a we're we're all trying just trying to sort of pull ourselves out of this pile of bodies and limbs that we've 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 got ourselves accustomed to. I'm looking at this one thinking. I should probably be turning people back into non soap and bags right now, but I don't really feel like I'm the one that should be doing this because I have like zero magical ability whatsoever um
1: The cost is too heavy we're going to need to find someone who can do it in yeah. other me- means because I don't want to pay the cost for using this wand
3: um yeah, I think we should find somebody else who can do this because i don't want I don't have any uh arts. With me, not on me. Um, I'm sure we could find some. Like I said, we go to the orphanage, but I don't really think that's a cool thing to do. So I think we should we should wait. Maybe we take him back to the um, the Moody Booksellers and see if there's somebody there who can give us a hand.
2: Yep, I think that's probably good. How about we just we just because I mean we got we've got Joel now, right? He's 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 our captive. We're in an interrogation room. Um, how about we get a little bit intimidating and threatening on him, and just just try and tell him to turn people back? Well, he can't cast I, spells. I, I don't he's want in. to
1: give him back the wand. I do not want to give him back
2: the wand. Mm, that's true. That's risky. Yeah. That's risky.
1: I think no. we we're going to get. How about we? My character cracks his knuckles. Someone move him out of the way. I think we're going to. I think we're going to have to get a little. Uh, information from our friend here
2: like he was trying to do with them sounds good to me let's put him on the interrogation table so we move who was it on there Jonas we move Jonas mm-hmm. off <laughs> I'll, I'll take Jonas off next door to the room with his mate in we can, we can put them in together um, All right. we'll, yep. we'll put, put the bar of soap and the plastic bag on the table in front of Joel and uh, start asking him some questions
0: okay what do you ask him
2: so, Joel, dude, what the hell were you playing at? What what was that all about?
0: And roll a persuasion check.
2: Oh, my Lord. Uh, seven.
0: All right. Unlike his victims, uh, Ioannis and Arya, Joel isn't that big into confessing. He's, like, not going to confess and you can't make him. You got a seven. <laughs>
2: Let's try a let's try a, a sort of a guilt tripping tactic on him. Let's let's try and make him feel that he's he's done bad things and he's ruined people's lives and he's he's caused a big old mess that, that now needs to be cleaned up. That's the that's the is that the approach we should take.
0: You've done a persuasion check. It was a seven.
2: Yeah, I've failed. So yeah, yep. I can't do anything. Uh,
3: okay, I'm I'm going to um I'm going to take and put all of the people the The people objects on the table in front of him, and I'm gonna like very like deliberately like put down the soap, and then I put down Mrs. Potts, and then I put down the mouse, and what's pliny again? Paper bag. I put down the shopping bag, and I put Mrs. Potts on top of the shopping bag so it doesn't blow away. And then I'm like, look at the destruction that you have wrought upon our awesome town. Why would you do this? Talk to us. Tell us, help us understand so that we can get you a better, shorter sentence.
0: He sighs and he stretches out his arms on the table. And as he does his shirt sleeve, uh, retracts about three inches and exposes his shiny, beautiful watch. He, um, you know, tosses his head and his expensive haircut, which I probably should have mentioned earlier. Um, you know, I mean, he says comfort and luxury. You think I make all that much as a police officer? <laughs> come on. I wouldn't be able to afford half of the things that I enjoy in life if that's all I did.
1: Well, you're not going to have much more comfort and luxury where you're going to be going.
0: I'm cha Okay, and what do you guys do next? Well, first,
1: uh, I'm going to wait a week for Pidge to come back. In this room? No, no, not in the room. <laughs> I'm leaving. I got the we got what we needed from this uh, officer, a confession.
0: You don't need a confession to convict people. That's the whole point of this adventure. Confessions can be false. What do you do?
1: I go out and I tell him we have our uh, our uh, criminal. Okay. the receptionist
0: follows you into the interrogation room and sees that it's Officer Joel. And says, why is Officer Joel in handcuffs? Fire-breathing kittens. We were collaborating with you. We weren't asking you to arrest our officer. I think we need to teach you a little bit about policing. We arrest the suspects, not the officers.
1: We've already got a confession from him.
0: And you don't, by the way. Officially. D&D version. You do not. We have... persuasion check failed.
1: Evidence that we've already determined is what... Of the crime having been committed with the tool... With him in possession of the tool that... Part of the crime being committed, I hold up the wand. Hmm. We determined that this was being used on the victims of the crimes, so he had motive, method, and opportunity to commit this crime. Yeah, yeah. We determined we discovered a bo- well. It's complicated, but we've already encountered this wand. Ugh.
3: In a dream. <laughs>
1: <sighs> I'm not gonna... It was a situation that's. I'm not gonna get into the details. It, it would be too difficult to explain.
0: And who was it who wrested the wand out of his hand?
2: Uh, that was me. That was my fault.
0: So the moment that Tornin is... He's talking and he's gesturing with this wand. It kind of like floats through the air back to Furious.
2: <laughs> Oh great, is this my wand now?
0: You won it in a battle.
2: <laughs> well this is gonna be absolutely no use to me whatsoever. So Rollo, how about you come here and uh I'll give you a free slap and uh you you can you can combat this wand out of my hands. How'd you fancy that? I was thinking, you what if
3: what if we got into a fight and then I used mage hand to pick up the wand and like throw it somewhere? Would, would it be bonded to me?
0: It's bonded to you unless it's bonded to someone else.
3: Oh, that's foolish. All right.
1: I got an idea. I, sl- I put my hand down on the table. I'll <laughs> down on the table with the, my hand up.
0: Arm wrestling <laughs> doesn't style. doesn't have to be. Yeah, you guys can arm wrestle for it. Whichever one of you wants this wand can have it.
1: I'll do a thumb oh. war for
3: it.
0: There you go. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so um, who wants the wand? Raise your hand if you do.
1: I'm not going to use it, but I want to make sure that this thing is...
0: Let's have both of you roll a dice. I'm going to roll a dice. Whoever is closest to the number I roll gets the wand.
1: 18. Uh, 20.
0: It was a 16.
1: All right. All right.
3: I will keep the wand for safekeeping. Uh, I'll just put that with my other secret stuff and we'll...
0: Your pocket. Your pocket because it, it's gonna just it, it goes to your secret stuff and then it comes back and
3: goes <laughs> in your pocket. Awesome. I have the tart wand. Cool.
0: <laughs> Having it means that bad guys don't have it. All right. so is yeah. there anything else that you'd like to say to the reception clerk police officer before um we conclude this adventure? So you've got the evidence that there's a book, there's a wand, there's some shopping bag, soap, teapot,
1: mouse.
2: And he even turned his partner into a bag. That's how bad this Joel was. He had no respect for the police whatsoever.
1: And a cat and a large vase as well at the Moody Books set, a store. We can't forget those two
2: either. <laughs> They're probably worth going and having another look at as well, yeah.
0: A week later... Your friend, the level 20 transfiguration wizard, comes and true polymorphs all of them back into the forms that they should have. The cat transforms into a porcupine person, and the vase transforms into a black dragonborn. They were transformed 15 years ago, and the cat's age melts off of it as it is a a young person once again.
1: A
3: porcuperson?
0: A young porky person, once again.
1: <laughs> A prickly individual, to say the least, but just probably very friendly. How do you hug?
0: A dragonborn. They've got skills. Perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> A match made by heaven.
0: Shante Kampush and Vaclav Kampush.
3: Why did they have all these cursed items in their house? Oh, um Re Re and Renee, were they like collectors? <laughs> did they did they accidentally step on them? I really that's what I'm really curious about. Like, why do you have all this junk around that, that's like now I have this cape? Do they want payment for the cape? I have so many questions.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like now you're thinking about when I die, is the person who finds my body gonna possess this cape now? And is that basically like Yeah. Um it's like as you're an adventurer and you go through life, you just kind of if you're in a dungeon and you're touching treasure sometimes it stays with you forever so and former sometimes it's a mimic just, yeah sometimes it's a mimic okay so um do you guys have any questions before we conclude oh yeah what happens to joel um you guys have plenty of evidence you've got the fact that there were two hairs instead of one hair if you hunt down that one hair it was from joel originally um he destroyed it though you guys have the confessions not matching you guys have the items that upon being turned back into people do indeed testify that they were turned into those items by Joel and you've got the fact that he if his house is searched he owns much more expensive items than he should as a police officer and he is upon that evidence and not a confession convicted of his crimes the local orphan disappearance rate goes way down
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the best outcome of all of this, I'm sure. Yeah, did we run Joel's photo over to,
3: like, the Orphanarium? Like, hey, has yeah. this guy got, like, a punch card here? Like, get nine orphans, get the tenth free?
0: <laughs> and that concludes our adventure. <laughs> Joining us this time, we Rolo.
2: Later, everybody. Furious. See you later, guys. See you next time. And Tornan. See you later. Hi, I'm Richard J. Hannah, and I host Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And when you finished, and only when you finished the last episode of Fire Breathing Kittens, drop in on us. We play music, dedications, we do competitions. You can find us on iHeart, on Spotify, and most good podcasters. Here comes the big, deep voiceover. News, views, music, and interviews with Richard J. Hannah on Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Too much? Listen, you're talking about fire-breathing kids.
0: This is Molly Lancaster, head researcher of Mortcombe Exeter Institute. First day of Mission Clio. We dive tomorrow. Last year, there was an earthquake, and the Institute found evidence of something. The Lost City. I don't want to get my hopes up, but my gut's telling me, this is it. And I'm usually never wrong about these kinds of things. The Cleophiles by Miriam Meeks and Jonathan West.
3: This is not a promo,
1: because this is not a podcast. With nothing to say is a show with absolutely nothing to say. Sometimes it's just me, sometimes it's others, but always, no matter what, we have nothing to say. So find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and hopefully we might just be there. Or maybe we won't. Subscribe to the Never Seen It podcast to catch little gems like this. Oh, uh, stop! Oh, my mom will shoot!
3: Nazis, they do crank. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is Portland. <laughs> yeah, these are liberal skinheads. <laughs> so, what do we think they- of Rocky for? The <laughs> movie kind of watches itself for you. <laughs> <In a> Why
1: <way. laughs> like, won't we love.
2: Not Super
1: Silly. Every other Tuesday. Not Super Silly. On the Never Seen It podcast. The hard Hardong.